the official podcast of Sword Chomp. We know life is precious and your time is valuable. So thank you for making our show part of your day. Hopefully you can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. You know, the Chompcast gives you double life experience points. That's right. That's right. It's true. Uh, every show is streaming and downloadable, of course, at swordchomp.com, where you can find um, links to our merchandise, our Patreon page, reviews by me and Rich, all of our podcasts, you name it, swordchomp.com. And, of course, if you're feeling frisky, please go to iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to the show or podcast, and subscribe to the Chompcast or any of our shows. And leave us a kind five-star rating on iTunes in particular if you can. Uh, and remember, if you go to patreon.com slash swordchomp, look to become a VIP member of Chomp Nation. Oh, we have an amazing show this week, let me tell you. <clears throat> 34 thick, thick with two Cs. Uh, 34 thick plumber carcasses. We always know what thick you mean whenever you say it, Morgan. It's good. Yeah. Good. I'm just, I'm just trying to do the right yeah, thing. Yeah, it's now. implied. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, we're off to a great start. 34 thick plumber carcasses are strewn across the battlefield. A partially eaten mushroom floats in a pool of blood. Tanuki suits lay in terrible tatters as a testament to the trauma of a tragic scene. Are you excited because you just learned the word Tanuki like last week? Alliteration rich. That's what I'm excited about. Um, <laughs> broken, broken bricks and, <laughs> and small fires spatter the landscape. Through a large cloud of smoke, one figure emerges, holding a turtle shell in his hand. The camera in your mind slowly pans upward to reveal a war-battered mustache. Yes, I know, Josh, that creates the visual of a mustache. Perhaps that was battered in some sort of war powder and fried to create a nice, crunchy, stashy treat. Mm -hmm. Um, War-battered mustache. So forgive me. Um, One part of the figure's stash is (laughs) seared. By flames, and the other side of that mustache is soaked in blood. The smoke clears to reveal the figure standing is none only than the very last Mario. Smashing the turtle shell he was holding between his fingers with the adrenaline-filled malice, he says, It's me, Mario. There can be only one. That's Batman? right. <laughs> it's me. Specifically Mario. Christian Bale Batman? It's a it's a good get. I didn't expect that voice actor to get to get nailed down for this game, but uh it's a good get for Nintendo. You know, it kind of sounds like a a bad joke we would have made on the Chompcast uh many years ago. <laughs> but but it's actually the fascinating reality of Nintendo's current Mario push, along with many other fascinating titles announced yesterday, such as Super Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. We actually get, like, Mario Kart RC cars. Um, Super Mario All-Stars 3D and more. And we'll discuss all this for the topic of the show with help from our Patreon community. It's an all-Mario topic of the show, and that's what's great about doing our show on Fridays, because sometimes big news launches. On Thursdays. Isn't it a shame oh. that all of that stuff, um, that next year on March 31st, Miyamoto comes to your house and takes it back? Mm. It's, 
Yes, yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> speaking of war, we will talk some polls you voted on, like the best war epic of the last few years. Y- years, 1917 versus Dunkirk. Sam Mendes versus Christopher Nolan. The bravery and insanity of the one and only David Blaine. Um, the massive new Avengers game drops, and our resident comic book guy, Rich, has his take ready for you to gag on. So get ready for it. It's hot. Uh, Tony Hawk is flying back into our lives like it's the 90s all over again. Whoosh. Hello Games! Creators of No Man's Sky have a new little independent game out called The Last Campfire. That me and Josh played. Uh, and we have much, much more. I'm sure I'm probably forgetting some stuff, but you know what? We'll talk games, we'll talk polls, we'll talk Mario. It's going to be a fun time. Hang around with us. Let's get to some intros. Um, from New York. The Rich Meister is here. Let's hear it for the boys. Dun, 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 dun. Hello. You're, you're one of those boys, Rich. You're one uh, of the boys. The boys? The boys. We Huey? We, yeah. I just have the boys on the mind because we've been talking a lot of the boys lately. Um, and it premiered, last, it premiered last it night did. on Amazon, so it's just the boys all the time. I, uh, you know, hashtag ad. No. Um, yeah, no, I watched, uh, I watched the first episode of season two before falling asleep last night. Me too. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Nothing like, uh, horrific violence to help me (laughs) sleep away my problems into the. Typically, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice that the horrific violence is imaginary for a change. Yeah, no, it's nice. They'll, they'll they won't find me thanks to witness protection. Mm-hmm. That's really the future of escapism, leaving the reality of horrific violence into the fantasy. Of it's like Antonio Valendez never existed. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, the boys is great. I don't have a lot to talk about today. Maybe I'll throw some polls in next week. But that is an amazing show, that, and I'm not even like a big comic book guy, and I love it. That's why the crossover there is great. So I. Ahead, I'm not Josh. giving you crap for the boys specifically, but anytime anyone ever says, I'm not even a comic book guy and this is great, I take it to I mean, know, it's, I take it's it to mean, endorsement. please don't listen to my suggestion on this particular thing. It's such a weird <laughs> statement to go, I'm not even a comic book guy, because I think it promotes a fundamental misunderstanding of what comic books are because it's like being like i'm not really a movie guy well it's like i'm not really a golfer but putt putt is amazing (laughs) um (laughs) no i think agreed that's that's why i like this this podcast is because yeah we can launch into those sort of tangents i think there's truth to that uh i think that the the value is maybe that you can cross over people that are not there's something about it that brings people into the genre that maybe are not normally in its grasp not normally in its under its well, allure i am a comic book guy and i i think the boys is amazing we, we got our bases covered then we're good yeah it's you know my wife does the same thing uh, i'm general mountain time by the way morgan here in montana she's always like you always say you don't like comic book stuff but then you're always trying to get me to watch these comic book movies and she gets all mad i'm just like well just the good ones just the good ones i want to get you to watch but eh, just all, all 75 <sighs> marvel movies I, I just like, want you to watch the new version of Snowpiercer. 
hey, that's that's not bad. Um, I was just like, I, I, I try and watch Thor Ragnarok and don't laugh. Just try it. So I can see you're just sitting there, just like trying so hard not to laugh at anything. I'm like, God damn it, you know it's funny. That's Jeff Goldblum. God damn it, and he's great and everything. You laugh. <laughs> <sighs> Whatever. What can you do? Anyways, uh, thanks for being here, Rich, resident comic book guy. Unlike me, uh, who's not a comic book guy. And what that even fucking means, probably Worst nothing. Worst podcast ever. <laughs> Best podcast ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> getting to the truth of guy. Whatever guy are you. Shay Layton joins us from Japan. Uh, he's a, what kind of comic book guy are you, Shay? Um, I'm the guy in the background that no one ever notices, kind of just sweeping up the floor and going about my day. It's the kind of guy I am. Mm. Hmm. That was actually the, the killer in Unbreakable. He was the janitor. So that's the first thing I thought of for some reason. The janitor was the killer. Spoilers. You know, actually, I you know now that I think about it, I'd be more like um, the spleen from Mystery Men. I think that would be more of my character. Like extremely oh. gassy, tries to hit on women and fails miserably. Um, tries to make many comedically timed jokes and most of the time it ends up just being a fart joke. I feel like he's he's my he's my uh representation in comic book fashion. Yeah. That's beautiful. A good yeah. fart joke is all about timing too. It Otherwise is. it's a shark joke. Oh, <laughs> Hey, and if you're really unlucky, it's just a full-on <laughs> poop joke. How long joke? have you been shitting on that one? <laughs> oh, um, My and comic yeah, so, book guy's more of a Jimmy well, Olsen type, which is to say kind of I gotta, I gotta tell, I gotta tell you, Rich, it depends. Hey! <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad we could all contribute to that nonsense. Um, yeah, yeah and... Poop is ex- funny! Ex- <laughs> is it? Is it, though? <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know if that totally is. is. Poop totally uh, is funny. Oh, That's okay. My oh, mom speaking is of like, funny poop. Yeah. My kid's birthday was this last week, and literally everything we did on his birthday was his birthday whatever. I'm so excited about my birthday lunch. So excited about my birthday getting my hair brushed. Yeah, I know where this is going. Anyway, yeah. he, we're, we finished lunch, and he's just so excited. We're about ready to go do something else fun. And he runs to the bathroom, and he's so excited because he's about to have his birthday poop. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. I get the same way. Mm-hmm. It's like this that is birthday yeah, poop. I Gotta poop every day. It's worth. But this is a birthday poop. It's special. That's great. It's That's special. Great. Well, this poop wears I, a hat. I mean, <laughs> I mean, as a kid, do you not remember like just when you had a birthday, everything was just more magical in your mind. Like it almost mm-hmm. was this as if like everything just glowed. That yeah. one day, like yeah. everything just like had this magical quality to it. So you touch your TV remote and you're like, I'm touching it, but it's my birthday, you know? And like there, there are, there's this energy that just emanates from it. It sounds hey, like you were on LSD. <laughs> my mom did give me weird tablets when I was a kid. Hmm. When I got older, it was definitely sadder, though, Shay. You know, it's like when you're single and you're old and lonely. It's, it's my birthday jerk off. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, just, it's the opposite. It's, it's like a black hole now. It. You're like, it's, it's you touch your TV remote and you're like, wow, this feels like this may be the last time I ever touch it. You're in your 30s. It doesn't matter. You're like, 
This may be the year I finally have that heart attack. God, uh. I hope so. <laughs> God willing. Uh, well, that was Joshua Fowler from Michigan telling us about his child's birthday poop, which, yes, Josh, I agree. I was actually telling Shay about that this week, that having kids, like, they make, like, the smallest things, like, so, f- like, um, you can see just the excitement in their eyes and the joy for the very littlest things in life that are a big deal to them, mm-hmm. and it's a very infectious uh, joy sometimes, which I think is helpful as an adult. Yeah. When you be, you know, become numb to the world and all of its problems and all of your own bullshit, and then your kid's just excited to have fucking burgers for dinner or something, and they're jumping up and down, and you're like, you know what? I should be fucking excited to have burgers for dinner too. God damn it. Mm-hmm. And I will. Well, I can't be yeah. excited to have burgers for dinner. Like today, for example. The day beat me down so hard that there's no joy anymore when you'd be like a kid and you're like, we're getting Wendy's for dinner. Like, I was on my way home and like, I guess I'll get fucking Wendy's for dinner because I don't have the energy to exert to do something worthwhile. Well, you just gotta, you gotta flip the script on that. Like, you gotta just recapture that childlike wonder. You gotta be like, man, today just was a shitty day, but you order know what? Order a fucking Happy Meal, Rich. Come on. Like, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You gotta flip the script. You gotta be like, Wendy's, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna reward myself with some Wendy's today. I love Wendy's. I'm gonna go get some Wendy's today. Mm-hmm. And if they're soggy fries, you go back in there and you say, listen, damn it, you make me some fresh French fries. I worked too goddamn hard today for you to give me these soggy ass wet noodles. Get me some real mm. French fries. I deserve it. You know, yep. I can tell you. And then you change. get the crispiest. There's just the crispiest of fries. With a, like, with a little loogie spit. just stranded <laughs> in between some of them. Well, it's nice to have the moisture, but I will tell you guys, and it's an important part of this hashtag ad, pretzel buns are back at Wendy's, mm. and I got a nice chicken sandwich on a pretzel bun with bacon and jalapenos, and it was fucking amazing. Mm. Speaking of See, Wendy's, not a sponsor. If, you, if you can't get your fix of Wendy's all the time, you can bring the flavor home with you with Wendy's Baconator Pringles. Baconator Pringles. I wish that was real. Not a sponsor. New, it's absolutely a real thing. It is That's absolutely a real thing. A real thing. I want up. some. Yes. I thought I was, I was going to advertise my new fake product, Dave Thomas Seasoning. And they're like, what does it taste like? Dave Thomas. <laughs> Wendy's, Wendy's founder, Dave Thomas. I'm sending these to yeah. my wife. The funniest right thing about the. She's uh, lose her shit. And it's, it seems sacrilegious to me that uh, they don't make them. Put the Baconator Pringles in a square can. Yeah, that's... Oh, God. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that have... is literally the only complaint you can have about the Baconator Pringles. Did we have that conversation here about how I don't understand people that are against the Wendy's square patty shape? Where they're like, oh, it's just not natural. I'm like, yeah, the naturally occurring round burger patty. <laughs> right? How the fuck do you think it became Dude. round? True I know story. When I, I, uh... I know when I caught off the beef of a cow, it comes out perfectly round. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> when I worked at I worked at Wendy's for as like a job when I was a young uh, young adult as one of my uh, side hustles, and I can tell you that you know legitimately, you know they make all the meat fresh, and uh, they make it. Oh, <laughs> well, it's what do like, they make it out of? It's just very different because as a kid, I also worked at Burger King, and you'd basically pull these big frozen hockey pucks out of the freezer and throw it under the broiler, which the broiler is still great. Um, do you guys but, have a sign over the freezer that says Burger Kingdom? There like was, that, was just <laughs> going to get the burgers. The burger, there was just something about just, the just makes uh, it more in, special. 
in Wendy's it was just like kind of a, a like a it felt almost like a just a cold soggy sack of meat which was pleasing in a way because it didn't feel like a frozen hockey puck that had been you know tra- I don't know it just I felt like it was just a better quality meat but like like I know really take it from me I work too shitty you're not a big jobs. meat eater though Morgan uh why do you say that because you don't like eating pussy uh, that's a myth. I, I definitely a myth. Enjoy. Who perpetuated the myth? What do you think? You're fucking Bigfoot. Well, I guess Shay would be perpetuating it right now. Mm. So. Um, you've said yeah. on this podcast you're not a big fan of it. Anyone I who will. has listened for a hundred <laughs> episodes knows you don't like it. What are you trying to flip the narrative suddenly? Well, prepare. Oh, I suddenly and acquired a taste for going down on my wife. I mean, it's it's complicated, but I'm, I'm just lazy. Really, that's the problem. Uh, it's just pure okay. laziness, you know. Um, which really is is a tragedy unto you itself. Just, you really don't want to wear yourself out for all the talking you have to do later. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's it. I mean, that's probably it. It's Josh. hard to watch like, TV and thirty that. seconds, and then he comes back up. He's like, "Does that feel good?" You know, <laughs> I was thinking if I try this other thing, and he's tiring his tongue out instead of just doing the action. And she's like, mm. "Shut the." fuck up and get down there and he's just continuing to okay well actually i was playing you're never gonna believe the code i got today just get down there but honey it's really cool we actually that would be a great time look if shay is gonna bait me into this corner i will say this the truth is uh and for, for a pro tip for all you marriages out there um i this is not a pro tip do not take this um don't take relationship I, advice from Morgan. one of the things that you can do to mitigate uh is like i wanted it to feel special every time i was going downtown um and so what i did was i do this with sex too i i'm withstained for sex for like once every couple weeks um so it you know whenever you get married or you're in a long-term relationship you'll have so many of these sexual <laughs> relations. <laughs> what did I say? Withstand. <laughs> withstand. Yeah. Withstand. I, uh, I think that's the bad I'm guy sorry, from I'm My staying. Hero Academia. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Get I'm new staying, Levi's sorry. jeans. Withstand. Mm. I think abstain is the word I'm looking for. There's definitely some staining going on. Um, but you can just, what? you know, sort of build up those things to where they're a little more special. Some people would say it's fucked up, and some people probably wouldn't put up with it. But I told my wife in the beginning that's just kind of the way I preferred it. And, like, whenever I do go down on her, she you can just see it in her eyes. She's like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Because I am I mean, you can't because you kind of – you're preoccupied <laughs> down there. But you're someone else, well, theoretically, like one right could up. see it in her eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That would be a weird situation, and that's between the three of you. But uh... – <laughs> Like he has a little periscope he's using on one of his eyes as he's going down on this. <laughs> he built no, he, it out he, of all he tele- the uh... teleconferences into the face from his from the groin. <laughs> <laughs> down periscope. <laughs> How periscope you doing up there? <laughs> These Lucky Charm cereal boxes aren't as sturdy as I thought. <laughs> What's this podcast about? <laughs> uh, who knows? I don't know. Took it down a, a dark road of marriage. Um, you know, Mario, I believe, is what it's about. Um, oh, oh yes. that's right. We were talking about plumbing. You think Mario yeah, goes down plumbing. on the beach? 
Um, <laughs> yeah, you know who else goes down? Email. Mario and those pipes. So yeah, Nintendo had a huge uh, sort of I don't know how surprised it was really because they've been dropping these just randomly and very intermittent. Morgan, Morgan, sorry, I gotta interrupt. I'm sorry. I just thought about you going down on your wife and you just like go with your tongue. Think about it. And you just do the more <laughs> underground theme. Like you're going to. Oh my god. What if you get the, the star? <laughs> yeah. No, he, he starts. Yeah, no. no and then the, your wife. All, all the pros sing the hamster dance song. No, 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 Josh, Josh, no. I do crap. The joke, the joke here is. The joke here is Morgan looks up and he's like, am I doing a good job? And his wife just goes with her tongue, does the Mario game over music with her tongue. That's mm. what happens. Mm. I can't do it. I don't, I can't remember the game over thing. Well, the beauty of only did. being okay to good at that is that if you abstain, abstain from it long enough, it feels better. Okay. So Mario, um, he's a plumber, man. I really just want to talk about plumbing. All the time. So, yeah, Nintendo Direct kind of thing dropped yesterday. It was their big Mario reveal. They had been rumoring this sort of um, Super well, Mario Brothers. People had. People had, yes. People had picked up on the trail. People were good at sort of following leaks. It was funny listening to some of the other podcasts I listened to in my rotation this week because they were just speculating on all this, and they had no idea that, like, two days later, all this shit was going to drop. But, yes, we got so much good Mario news. Actually, Rich dropped it in our private chat, and that was the first news to me. So let's break down all these fun announcements. We have some uh, patron feedback. If you sign up for our Patreon page, patreon.com slash swordchomp, we get our patrons involved in the conversations on the podcast. Um, I also do want to say really quickly um, that we did. It's pretty exciting. We got some uh, code for Kingdoms of Amalur. So me and Shay are going to be talking about that. Um, next week, we're going to do like a little surprise podcast or something like that. So stay tuned. This is an exciting, cool thing. Uh, and I played about five minutes of that, or I played about 10 minutes of that before the show uh, as a teaser. And it'll be safe because the embargo on that is Monday morning at nine, and our podcasts don't go up till Tuesday. So um, I have a little teaser on that, but I'm uh, looking forward to getting our Kingdoms of Amalur re reckoning out there. So by the time you hear this podcast, you know, that'll probably already exist. Um, so, anyways, Mario. All right. So the first, the big one that I was teasing earlier, they're jumping on the battle royale train again. I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. The That's boys, the big one to you. I want to hear it from the boys. Well, no, but I. I had the big intro about it in the beginning, and it's actually, weirdly enough, the one I'm looking forward to the most. I know that sounds insane. Um, because it is. Because I didn't really get into the Tetris one, uh, the 99 Tetris. That one is, Tetris 99 is so fucking good. Like, that's how I can say with certainty, like, I'm going to play this. I just don't know how long I will I will play it for. Like, it's going to be fun. Hmm. Yeah, I, it, I guess it kind of depends what they like long-term support it gets because i think it when could, they uh, could get a little yeah it, it could end up being a little stale if it doesn't have something to kind of anyway let's shake things up yeah i mean that's kind of yeah. the battle royale formula at this point is we know you'll be bored in five minutes so there's something new in five minutes um 
Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, the, the Tetris one was great. People loved it. It was just a very simple thing they made, too. Like, you could mm-hmm. tell the production values were not lavish. It was free um, to download, which was smart on their part. But it was... It got the job done. People fucking love Tetris since the beginning of goddamn time. People love Tetris, and they love Battle Royale We saw Royale cave games. paintings of, uh, you know, our ancestors <laughs> playing Tetris. It's true. <laughs> uh, it's very brutal back then when you, when you lost. It fucking stab you with a spear or something. Um, but I never got into it because I never played Tetris as a kid, so I just didn't really get it. Like, I just felt like I didn't really know what was going on, who was attacking me, why was I attacking other people. It was just, like, kind of a, a weird mess, and everyone around me is just like, oh, this game is so awesome. I'm like, all right. I guess I'm just left out because I don't really care about Tetris. But this, this looks cool. Mar- Super Mario Bros. 35 looks cool to me because played a lot of Mario with Super Mario Maker, and I'm really, I really love platforming games, and I'm pretty good at them. I think I'm above average at Mario, which means I think I have a chance to actually be good at this game. And I love the concept of just jumping around and seeing how long you can survive in your area, and more enemies are showing up. But as you take enemies down, like hit a turtle shell or whatever, it shoots onto some other random player's screen. I just think it's a, a really fun concept for me as someone who enjoys playing Mario more than I enjoy playing Tetris. And there's only 35 Marios, so it's not like I have to knock out, you know, 98 other people to, to win. So um, how, what do you guys think of this? I'll just sort of open form it up. Josh, how did you – you like the Tetris 99? Do you, how do you think this Mario 35 thing looks? Um, I'm not all that excited about it personally. I'm just – I'm not a big Battle Royale fan. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the Tetris thing, I thought – part of the reason I thought it was so interesting is because – the way you even interacted with each with with like just, the mechanics were not explained you kind of have to figure it out on your own and i kind of well, this liked has the that. same mechanics yeah yeah but like i don't know like it, i i enjoyed the figuring it out part more than you know the actual game yeah it was one of those things where like okay now that i kind of i'm starting to get the strategy of like how understand to, how it behaves yeah yeah and i felt that was like the most interesting thing about it and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, it doesn't look like it's bad. It's just, it, I don't know. It's not really doing anything for me specifically. Yeah. Did you think the same about the Tetris one, but then you tried it and you're like, yeah, I kind of like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Okay. Like, I was like, okay, like I like Tetris. It's, it's a Tetris game, so I'll play it. But like, I was expecting to play a game or two and it it was just way better than I actually expected. So, I mean, I could, the same thing could happen here. It could end up being. Something that I that actually sticks, but uh, not I'm not seeing it. Just that, that's what I'm hoping for too, Josh. What about you, Shay? I to be honest with you, I just watched the video. I hadn't seen it yet, so I I was able to just get an opinion in the nick of time. But it looks interesting. Like Josh said, there isn't too much known about it. Um, I don't like the fact that there is a membership fee to play it. To be honest with you, uh, granted it's nineteen or it's twenty dollars for the entire year, and you get a seven day free trial. But still, with all the other battle royale games out there existing and they're free, like, that's less of an incentive for me to want to invest any time into that game. Yeah, um, yeah it's especially weird like when it, all the rest right. of them trick you into spending that much instead. That's a good point. At least, yeah. at least they're upfront about the cost. More I guess. <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's fair. I but to be honest with you, <clears throat> with Apex, I've never paid a penny to play that game. Mm-hmm. Um 
and I I don't know if I ever will. Um, I haven't played that game for a few months now, to be honest with you. I I think the the whole point of battle royales is knowing that a majority of people who play that will play it for like a few weeks or a few months and then quit. And what they're trying to do is just get the hyper addicted people who really enjoy battle royales and whatever world they're being thrust into to stick around. You know, that's that's how games like Apex gaming, Legends are. Hmm? Mm-hmm. You yeah. figured out freemium gaming. I'm a genius. No, I, I I think that's how people are still playing Apex. People are still playing um, some of the other battle royales. Obviously, Fortnite's a juggernaut at this point, and Call of Duty Warzone is a juggernaut at this point. Those are probably the two biggest ones. But the other ones that still exist exist because mm-hmm. there are people who get good enough at them and want to maintain that. And then there are other people who just love that specific battle royale. So I think that's probably going to end up being the same thing for this Mario game. There will probably be like ten to 30,000 at best, who get addicted to the game, who continue to play it for that 12-month yeah. trial. But I don't I don't imagine it's going to be, like, a massive, massive thing. It, it's hard to say. Well, there's two things there. Number one, you're probably right, because we've already had the two big massive ones, PUBG and Fortnite, and it just yeah. feels like no, no one else can capture that sort of phenomenon magic anymore. You just get your, you know, thirty to 50,000 or whatever players, and they stay... Uh, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, well, but that, Mario is... Well, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. Yeah, people go through it, but, like, not everybody's checking it out at the same time. And I really feel like having... I mean, in, unless the seven-day free trial is just, like, kind of perpetual. Whenever you decide to pick it up, you can play it for... The free players really are a big value added to the to the game because... You don't have match times like queue times for forever because there's, there's so many people. there's just more people yeah. in there, and so I'm I'm worried about Awful. that causing it to be because there are a lot of people who will play like a mm. match here or there, and if that audience is unable to hop in and play a match here or there, I'm I'm worried about the game just kind of killing itself by uh well. One positive the thing there it, so. is that there's only 35, which is nice. You don't need 100 people. So, But one cool thing I like about and I had sort of a different take than Shay, but I agree with his what he's saying in principle. It seems strange. It's not free, right? But because their online service is so cool, you get access to – if you pay for their online service, you get all those Super Nintendo games. You get all those NES games. And those and, and those are great. And you can play Switch games online, which I know I haven't done in a while, but just as a feature for stuff like Smash Brothers and stuff, I thought it was a, a really cool thing. And you get this for free with that subscription, right? Or am I wrong about that? Yeah, no, the the things you're talking about, this is all part of the online oh, subscription. Well Okay. Well then it's not a so then it's a free game then. Yeah, no, it's the yeah, same as Tetris yeah. 99. As long as you have Nintendo Switch Online, yeah, you have I was to that's kind of okay because like you it's still not need a to separate pay subscription. Uh, service. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, he was making it sound yeah. like it was a separate thing because like no, you still need to pay for your online, your whatever sixty a year for playing no, yeah, Fortnite no. on PlayStation it's or whatever. Just the same as Nintendo yes. Switch Online. It is okay. You well, subscribe I actually to think Nintendo you can Switch play. Online. You, I like, think you yeah. You have this. Yeah. All right. Well, Much then, like yeah. Tetris 99. So this is this ends up being cheaper than any of the others then since. Especially if you have a family plan like I do. Mm-hmm. We're like, wow, all you you crazy twelve siblings with different last names. Yep. But I guess at its core, like Mario is like 
the core video game that a lot of us started with, so I think it's cool to see that in a Battle Royale format. Granted, in my head, like I did with the intro, I'm imagining it being a lot more barbaric, which kind of makes me laugh, but this is, <laughs> technically, you're not really beating, it's not like Mario's beating each other up, they're just sort of creating problems for other Marios, you know? As you kill enemies, from what I was researching, more enemies and obstacles show up on your well, enemies. It, it's screen. much in the same way in Tetris 99, how you could pick the enemy you were trying to send blocks to when you cleared yes. lines, you basically are selecting the enemies you are sending enemies to. When, like, you beat a Koopa, a Koopa pops up on this guy's screen. Yes. The only thing I think actually right. I don't like about it is I don't think the name is great. I think Tetris 99 actually has a good ring to it. I think Mario 35 just doesn't sound great rolling off the tongue, I even just, if it is great. I thought it was weird that they were just be like, I'm like, that's a weird way to advertise Mario's age. Like, I know he's getting up there. But. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, wait, actually, I'm missing. I guess that's the obvious thing I'm missing. It's they're the gonna, They're going to add an extra player every year from now every on. Every year, yeah. yeah. I, I guess the obvious thing I'm forgetting is it is the 35th anniversary of Mario, and that's why they're doing it. But it just has a yeah, weird no, to it. I, I agree. It's a strange number. But until yeah, our great yeah. grandkids finally get to play Mario 99, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? One day. I, Anyways, one thing I will say yeah. about this though that is int- kind of an interesting wrinkle is the Nintendo with their Mario franchise has never been afraid to kind of shy away from breaking out of the norm to create something new for Mario. And that's been consistent throughout the years. They they take Mario to all these different genres and these different platforms. And not always, but almost always, it's a hit or a cult hit. You know, Mario RPG was a cult hit. A lot of the games have been good to stellar. And... Um, but in recent memory, the only thing I can think of that has not been great was the mobile transition for Mario. But other than that, I feel like anything that they have, well, that too, that too, Josh, the Mario Sonic one, one games, of the best, one of the best, the high point like of the those, console. Man. I forget those things exist to be honest <laughs> with you, but yeah, no, you're right. Don't forget about those games. They're important because in the future, the only record of a 2020 Olympic Games will be Mario and Sonic at the 2020 Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not. You're not wrong in, there. You know what? But is, I just yeah, feel like I feel like a majority of their games have been successes, and especially to where they take Mario. So it very well could be a be up there in the upper echelon of battle royale games. Who knows? Yeah, I mean the gameplay is solid as fuck because it's fucking Mario. So that's exactly. A good a good foundation and you know it's interesting just the last parallel here i want to talk to you guys about i was thinking about this everyone's trying to get people hooked on their thing right like xbox it's game pass they get you to sign up once you're on there and nintendo wants you on their their online because you get access okay. to all those yeah my dealer it's yeah. it's heroin <laughs> you could play their games online you get all those free games and uh that's the service they're they're like shoveling out there. unfiltered yeah. cigarettes <laughs> he rolls them himself yeah yeah, everyone's that's that's you know just on brand for them, and it's pretty affordable. So it's it's working. Whatever they're doing is working because I'm going to go sign up for it. So they got me. They got me for whatever sucker. It's worth. Um, and I think that'd be fun to play with you guys hypothetically. So we'll see. Uh, Mario Super Mario Brothers thirty five. Uh, so this next this next one is really fucking weird. Wahoo! Is it? So this is. <laughs> 
I, you could give someone a million guesses, and I don't think anybody would have ever predicted this game into existence in a billion years. And that is a RC car version of Mario Kart that you, you really play think from your Switch. That's that? On, like, out of left field? I do. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? Yeah, a little bit. I think the connectivity I I, I think with the Switch is the field. only part that's Yeah, there, there's there's parts there. of it that are out there, but I don't think the idea of RC Mario Kart uh Yeah, they've is they've that done that outrageous. Before. They've they've had license deals with other toy makers. I mean they they just released all their Nintendo Nintendo uh Legos. Well, but, well uh, for Nintendo to do something like that isn't unusual. It's just I think and this was kind of my philosophy, and I don't know if it was Morgan's, with how how much uh, Skylanders kind of really ebbed and then flowed, like how it just came and fucking went. It was like... I don't just, think those things are comparable, though. And also, Skylanders I do, was a huge success. I do. I absolutely do think they're comparable because they are gaming toys at the end of the day. Now, are they trying to do two different things? Absolutely. And two different companies, one being much more stable than the other. But Nintendo's... Toys and gadgets have not been all smashing, rousing successes either. So I think you kind of look at that landscape of additional uh, toys or add-ons, and you look at it and you're like, it's a pretty rocky market. Either it's like it really has got to land or it flops. And you look at uh, the Labo sets or, yeah, well, yeah, the Labo sets, and not they haven't been that great. and you're like, okay, well, that's not good. But then you look at something like Ring Fit, which people are still buying. People are still trying to pick that thing up. You know, toys toys, and add-ons can either do really well or they can do really poorly. And because I think of something yeah. like Skylanders being, like, in the past 10 years, one of those top-tier things that was released and just how hard that thing flopped, to see Nintendo... To think about Nintendo doing the Labo not doing so well, it's like I I wouldn't have expected this to be honest with you. It's it's not it's not like wow like this makes no sense. It makes sense, and I understand that. Just it's a have big gamble. It. Exactly. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. Thank you for and... summing up my five minute synopsis with one sentence, Morgan, because that's exactly what I was trying to say. Here's the thing, and let me explain to you what I, I think the major difference is between like a toys game and what this is. And also, I'll say I think Skylanders is a weird comparison because it eventually died out, but it was a gigantic success for many years. Um, the this isn't the same like keep buying the toys, collect it type thing. Like the way it's being marketed is you buy it once and that's it, because there's no multiplayer option on a single console. You can play with up to four people, but they all need their own console and mm-hmm. cart and set. More like Guitar Hero. You buy the game and you yes, buy one e- thing. Yes, exactly. It's not, there's a Mario version and a Luigi version, but it doesn't appear that they're marketing it as, we're going to put out more carts and you're going to want to get every one. It's just like, you buy it and then you have it. Yeah. And that's fine, yeah. but like I still think it's comparable because you think about Skylanders. Part of the thing, part of the thing there was... I use one character after I'm done using him for five minutes, I get bored and I switch him out. How many of us had those remote control cars as kid? Cause I know I did. And I played with it for five minutes and I'm like, Oh, I'm fucking bored now. Like how much is that going to happen with a toy like that with short attention spans? Like it's within the realm well, of possibility. Yeah. And that's kind of where that comparison was there for me as well. It, 
with the Skylanders, you wanting to use the other characters being like short attention span. Now, I get your point. You're not going to have 10 cars to, you know, roll out onto your neighborhood or wherever you use these uh, remote control cars or whatever. But I, I just feel like the short attention span, that aspect of it is going to be comparable. Yeah, I think you're I think you're both right. I think you're both right. I think, it, you know, you need an expensive toy to play this damn thing. So I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, I think I agree with both of you. I think that what's what concerns me about it, and I'm curious what your take is, Josh. I was looking at this, and although the concept seems kind of cute, you know, you has a little camera on the car. I was looking at the space needed to do this, and I'm like, ah, there's no way I could build a track in my living room or anywhere in my house. And maybe that's a me problem, but I'm just like, how am I going to build a fun track if if I was interested in this? Oh, that's person? why I would never get it. I, I, the space, yeah. like, I can't. There's nowhere to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not just that, but then, like, by the time you can make a big enough track for one of these things, you're running into, you know, limits of the uh the radio on there um oh, yeah the, the console range. and the connection yeah, yeah. the range so, of that device like i don't know like the only way i can see this working like i mean what like it'll work like it's still cool like i mean the whole you know use your phone as the camera for a drone thing is it, it's proven to be how you do this so like if they're going to make a real mario kart thing with a camera well, of course, just make it cheaper so everybody who has a Switch can sell it. That's It's the only mm-hmm. way the thing sells. Um, the um, AR element of it is cool, too. Like, the idea yeah. of, like, yeah. you see the character in the car moving like Mario would. You see the speed boosts on the ground, and they actually affect the car in the real world. Like, make yeah. it go faster as you drive yeah. over those. AR is cool. I'm really excited to see Nintendo experimenting with more AR. Mm-hmm. For the, sure. The, in a, yeah. Yeah, but, but yes, I, there's this always comes up whenever these things try to launch in America, because not not just this in particular, but like any new thing tries to launch in America. And it's like not understanding that we're a fucking, you know, late capitalist hellscape. Um, and like, of course, of course, of course, all the streaming games were doomed to fail because most of the population doesn't have internet that can support it. Most people aren't going to have enough space to do this anywhere. It just, yeah. Unless like, you're like, not thinking up, about yeah. the market. Like where, where is anyone yeah. going to do this? Like, unless it was like organized rings or people go into basements with like their friends and yeah, set up these like, big, like land party things. Like I don't, which sounds fun, but well, like, it sounds like a, here's the thing. And I can see this becoming a thing in New York because I'm sure you guys have this take over a basketball the, court. Well, <laughs> there are places like around here where there are like RC tracks where you can really? like, rent time and mm-hmm. just like, I know people who are big into spending huge money on RC cars. Uh-huh. I get to see them like, places like that like setting aside a spot to be like mario kart events here yeah yeah and that could be pretty cool if you're willing to get deep into it because also think about that the idea of that being like well that's cooler in a different respect because then you buy this thing you could meet up with like people who also have it and like do meetups and do actual races and stuff which might be harder to come by like that there's neat stuff there but it's the matter of there's legwork required to make that happen, and is it going to happen? Yeah. And how easy is it going to be able to find that stuff in yeah. your home? Yeah, like yeah. I'm a I'm... legwork guy. Like I love VR, but this is too much legwork for me. Go ahead, Chase. No, all I was going to say is it's a cool concept, and I 
I think that with a lot of Nintendo products, we all kind of look at it with a skeptical eye. And I think that's cool because they continue to push the boundaries. Um, one, th- one notable thing, I guess, is if you end up getting this and it doesn't become like widely popularly received, you have a cool collector's item that you can sit on for 20 years and Worst then turn scenario. around and sell it. Yeah. yeah. As long as you keep it in good or pristine condition. Yeah, if they don't manufacture too many of these and keep that under control, it's not yeah. maybe super. Oh, the other thing I was going to get to eventually but never did is they could make them like the tiny, tiny RC cars, like the ones that are the size of like a Matchbox car. That like way... micro machines, kind of? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like just make them tiny. That way literally everybody amazing. has the room to set up a, you know, tiny that little thing in kitchen smaller. or something. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. have the dude, micro like, machines car wash where it would change the color of the cars? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Of course, yeah. I like, <laughs> dude. I I went through this phase. Like, I'm not a big car guy, and I don't know why I got into Me this either. phase. But like, I would collect all these Hot Wheels cars, and I had the little blue cases that each like had a bunch of slots for each individual car, and I had multiple yeah. tracks, and like I used to do this thing when I was a kid where. Um, it was one of my favorite things where my mom would set up on the kitchen table, just dump a bunch of flour on there, and I would just drive my cars through the flour on the kitchen table. Man, like, that shit sure. was so fun as a kid. I don't no, understand. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm with you 100%, Shay. The weird, there's two funny things you said there. One, I said I'm a legwork guy, and you said I wasn't a car guy. So, again, we continue the guy trend. I'm a show. human. Mm. Where we keep labeling ourselves. And it, I just love the idea that we keep labeling ourselves so-and-so guy. So it's just funny. It's just something we do. I yeah, do it too. Every- no, is it weird that, like, you think about that, and I think we all had maybe that car phase for a hot minute as kids? Yeah, and we then did. It's, and then it's like, a 28-year-old man, like, some dude will, like, pull up next to me and be like, yeah, car's looking good, good. What kind of car is it? And I'm like, blue. What kind of car is it? It gets me from A to B. Well, yeah. I think, like, to your point, yeah, Morgan... The, only, the you know, extent we... of me being a car guy at this point is if some dipshit is revving his engine at a stoplight, I'll put yeah. the van in neutral and rev the van just to just fucking cause. make him realize what a little shit stain he is. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, to be yeah. fair, that is my real... My real answer on that, I think the first day I showed up to work with my new car, so he's like, oh, uh, what kind of engine it got in there? And I'm like, it's blue. (laughs) (laughs) It's one that runs. No, uh, Mm -hmm. Morgan, I think to your point, we are kind of one of the last generations of people who still kind of holds that toxic masculinity to that level. Or, like, we really differentiate that, like, those gender um norms like i i know the younger generations still do that to be honest with you but i just think that obviously the narrative is going to be changing <laughs> no, with those no one younger than us can afford yeah. a car <laughs> you idiot <laughs> i feel like for me the association right or wrong we're the last like... generation that will ever own anything the automobile and... a relic of a bygone age <laughs> everyone everyone i know loved cars as a kid which is weird and then like I'll still like a racing game from time to time, but as I got older, like the car guy was more was just the douche in the parking lot, you know, with his with his trunk open, blaring music for all the. I don't want to go into it, but you know, I stereotyping. Uh, yes. In my city, we would call I th- I those. Think, I think you reach a stereotype. Cars is the place to have sex. Well, I think as we got older, we became less car guys when we're like, oh yeah, those things cost money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the biggest differentiator there. Like the people who are really into cars, like that's their life, and that's cool. Like I'm not gonna, 
I'm not going to say mm-hmm. anything's wrong with them per se. For sure. Like, for there are some sure. really yeah. nice car guys out there. Some or car people. Let's 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 be equal opportunity here. Really nice <laughs> car people <laughs> out there, say? and then <laughs> there's some really not so cool car people. But like that's their life. Like I have some buddies from high school. That's all they do when they're not working on cars for their job they're at home in their garage working on cars and i yeah. respect the hell out of that that's cool they found a hobby they've made a career out of it and they and it's their hobby that's really cool yeah. for me for sure i want to spend my money elsewhere and i want to spend my time elsewhere so if i have a vehicle that is you know durable that gets me from point a to point mm-hmm. b that isn't going to cost me a ton of money i'm content with that but micro machines yeah. for mario that's the way to go Funny aside to that, Shay, and I'll keep this brief, but um, I got to pull I, the toxic masculinity card today um, because my my car ended up having a lot of problems, and um, I just don't understand or do cars very well, and my wife got really mad at me because we ended up getting a huge bill because I didn't take care of my car. It was mostly my fault. Um, and she was like, if you could just fucking go grow up and be a fucking man and take care of your car. I'm like, oh, that's toxic masculinity because I'm not manly because I don't take care of my car. Well, and she, oh, that, I mean, that you really should have changed the oil you. at one point this year. Well, that's, that's or you could be though. me and make a call. I go, I have to call my dad. My car says the genie's in trouble. <laughs> uh, just, it was just one of those funny moments where she was like, ah, and I was like, I just said it to piss her off, but it was not a pleasant argument. Uh, and yes, I was an idiot no. who let my car go down the tube. So, Well, if she had said, if you had just been responsible and taking care of your car, that would have been good. But I wish you'd have been more of a fucking man. In her eyes, a man is someone who ta- is understands cars. And she doesn't even like to admit it, but I know that's how she feels. Mm. I know it's well, a stereotype that she feels uh, Well, that here's way. the thing. At least you but didn't how much speak to her level and Disney's say something gargoyles. about the kitchen or about <laughs> yeah. the laundry room. How, how, how can you call yourself a yeah. real man if you're not a horsepower whisperer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, most men can ch- can change a tire and and check the oil, but can they tell you how much they know all... about the X Men? <laughs> can they list all 150 Pokemon? Yeah, exactly. Right. Anyways, you know, um... you may think a real man knows how to turn a wrench, but you ever have you ever met a man who has uh, traveled among the stars and 14 quintillion planets? <laughs> 18 quintillion, but close. <laughs> so close. But I like where your head's at. But this no, is a mint ma- condition. A real... Amazing Fantasies number 14. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Gotta love those stereotypes. Um. Anyways, yeah, that's a thing. Personally, love like the innovation, but it doesn't seem practical for something I could do. So, not personally excited about it. Curious to see how that goes. I did have this whole thing written up about an intro where a kid got Now you're Christmas. a man. Or a kid got the uh, Mario Kart thing for Christmas and then, like, used the camera to, like, spy on his parents having sex. I had, like, a whole story written up for that, but I just scratched it. Um, Are his parents was, having thank sex, you? like, next to a bunch of ramps? Well, th- well that... Guys, 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 guys. Rich, he scrapped it. What are you doing? We were spared. Uh, Stop. I just... Uh, it's, it's... You so, take the gifts you've he, been given, you don't try and give them back. You just saw that rat trap sticking there and, and had to reach out and... It's been an hour, huh? <laughs> put his hand in it. Yeah, to answer your question, Rich, yes, the logistical thing shut it down. I kept running into too many. Oh, that was the problem. Mm. That was... <laughs> 
Hey, I run all my intros through a very a strict process of fact checking. Um, all right, so I'll next be playing game with the- my R wing. It is it is weird that these some of these um yeah so that was a joke Josh made about the Star Fox toys and of course Rich owns I have one, one on my desk. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually uh own uh, all of them because Destructoid huh. sent me all of them when I worked there. All of Did them. Did they really? Wow, yeah, I have cool. I have literally every single Can I say well, if you didn't pay for them? That game is very good. Like huh. and they they you don't have to for the record use the toys every time you play it. You use the thing to scan them in once, and mm-hmm. then you yeah. can put them on the controller to like change on the fly. But once you scan it, they're just in an inventory, and you can mm. just change out parts at, at whim. And uh, the game itself is a very good game. That's cool. That's it cool. looked almost, all right. It, it looked, as, as, yeah. yeah. They didn't, didn't get around to it because I've got too many Guitar Hero controllers to really let myself the- go down that road. Anymore. The it's Nintendo just... Switch version of Starlink Battle for Atlas is the best Star Fox game in years. It doesn't sound like the that. highest bar, but yeah. Yeah. But it's that's just the thing that's kind of... I can't imagine it not having the Star Fox stuff in it because the Switch later got an expansion that was even more Star Fox content. Hmm. It um, seemed like that's what people were really interested in because when they first announced it, they were leading with all that Star Fox well, shit. It's it's know? a hilarious game when you think about it because they had to shoot the characters in such a way that they could be taken out of the cutscenes of the main story and not affect it. So yes. it's like they're like, "We're gonna stop you, evil aliens," and then like a shot of like Slippy Toad be like, "And then we're gonna get Andros." And you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> Slippy Toad's here." <laughs> Oh man, it it would be nice to have a great Star Fox game again. It'd be nice to be in that world. <sighs> that game's good. Uh, in a time where there aren't a million games, I I think now you could just buy it digital, where it comes with all the things because they stopped selling the toys. Um, Get your space shooter. Game's pretty good. There. Speaking of those toys, I don't know if you guys have ever had this problem, but like I've almost bu- I never played the Skylanders game, but I almost wanted to buy. Like they had that um, shark terrafin. That was a Skylander. I must want to just buy that for my room. No, uh, that, that, like, that tracks. <laughs> I bought the Crash Bandicoot ones. The, the Crash Bandicoot Skylanders? Yeah, the oh, they, they added Crash Bandicoot and Dr. Neo Cortex, and I just bought the figures of them, and I put them where my Amiibos are. I should, there you go. I should get that. That damn Terrafin. Um, so they announced very briefly that Super Mario 3D World, which was a Wii U game, is going to be coming next year. With new content. To the Switch. With new content, that Bowser thing, Bowser something. All right. Uh, I've been right. I've been waiting to see more and more of the Wii U stuff because unfortunately people missed a lot of great stuff on that console. We're getting to the point where almost well, all of it is uh, pretty yeah. much all the, with this. Pretty much all the stuff that really mattered. Yeah, is, all, yeah. all the big yeah. stuff. All the big stuff. Has, Wind Waker. Wind Waker needs to fucking be on there. Wind Waker is a GameCube game. You know what I mean? There's a there was a really I know. Yeah. they already remake, reworked so. it and it, it's it's got to be easy enough for them to put it on the Switch at this point. Uh, after, I feel like after that, my best guess is that if they did it, they would do it a two pack with Twilight Princess. Do both of those because the the work they yeah. did to Twilight Princess on the Wii U is also quite good. Yeah, of course I, I say Zelda that there'd still be a decent amount of work they'd have to re put into it because they changed a lot to make it play or, on the Wii U. With, like, they the menus with... always being open. Well, that's just no. the thing. That's not but... the case, because you could play it in handheld mode, and it mm-hmm. disables that stuff. Oh, okay. So it should Maybe they would package it with um, Skyward Sword, because the art style, they could really... Cl- that had a game had a I great art style. I would love to see Skyward Sword in, Sword in, in HD. In a playable way. Yeah, yeah I'd, HD, I'd love to yeah. see Skyward Sword in HD, and, you know, just without 
tooltips every 10 seconds I want, without a Rubik's I Cube for a door lock. Yeah. I want to know if that art style is as good as I thought it could have been at the time, but that the Wii held it back from its full potential. Well, I mean, it still looks great. It looks it's great. Just, it's, yeah. Mm. Like, it, it, the shaders on there are some of the coolest shaders I've ever seen, and, like, I'd, I'd like to see them in well, HD. And it gave us Groose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like the fuzzy resolution kind of... Anyway, let's not go down that hole. Um... I did want to say that, Josh, you did say controversially, and I remember this stuff because I tried to, you don't enjoy the 3D Mario games. I remember you saying that you were not a big fan of the modern 3D Mario no, games. No, no, Is that... the... no, the the modern 2D Mario games, like the, um, Wait, it's, it's not that, it's, it's the, it's the, it's, it's the 2D, 3D type. The new Super Mario Bros. Yeah, the new Super Mario once. Oh, okay okay um all right because like i don't know like the 3d ones are fine but i don't know i feel like i thought like 3d land and the... 3d world you were not hot on am i wrong no i i like them it's just that they they were 3d until they weren't because they knew that the new series was so impressive that they it just was hard all to match sudden, up well they'd all of a sudden become 2d games like halfway through a level um, which which was weird, and so like I was not a big fan of that because it wasn't, it wasn't done in a very. There was no reason for it. Like it, like you know how you kind of go into a two D section in Odyssey, and it's like, oh, cool, I'm doing a thing here. It would just all of a sudden be a two D level in the other. It's zone. like it a weird, weird. Um, it's like a weird halfway point like, between yeah. the new Super Mario Brothers series and then like a proper three D Mario game like Mario sixty four or Galaxy. Yeah, so like yeah. there are bits of it that are great. Like okay, I, I see what they're doing here. They're but I don't know for them being basically all the new Mario games, whether it was you know three D World or whatever, don't feel all that new. Is kind of what it boils down to. They're just, yeah, not bad, but also not amazing. Okay, wanted to check in with you on that last anyway. big one here, and then we'll take a break and then read some comments. Of course, is Super Mario 3D All Stars. This is the big one. It's got Super Mario Sunshine, Super Mario 64, and of course, Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, now, I'm a defender of Super Mario Sunshine. Maybe my memories lie to me, but I know people bag on that game a lot. I like that game uh, a lot, too. I, it, it's it, it's really rough, good. but it in spots, um, as far as, like, I, the platforming can feel rough in spots, but them, that's try, them trying to make the physics a little more messy to work with Flood as a jetpack and stuff. Yeah, that, and I think part of it was controlling Flood. It was a GameCube game, and it felt awkward, because... They were still trying to figure out the whole twin sticks thing, and they didn't really. I don't think they even used twin sticks. I'm pretty sure you just hit a shoulder button, and then your left stick controls flood. Um, well, you would freeze in place, yeah, and then so you like aim. Yeah. yes, which seems like a weird choice. I but don't know if they're going to gonna continue that or something. Like I, I, I hope to God yeah. that at least if you, I'm, I'm assuming you'll still freeze in place, but like let me use the right stick. Um, yeah, like. And there was some weird yeah. stuff in that game. Like, if you just gently held down the GameCube trigger, you could squirt and run. Well, but yeah, because they were softly. they were those analog triggers, and I'm wondering how yeah, they're going to fix the that. Switch My does only... not have analog triggers; they're digital. Well, the only solution to me is um, 
that you have now two shoulder buttons on the Switch. One of them could be like a half light press, and one of them could be the full-on press. Yeah. Uh, the other more expensive solution is release GameCube Joy-Cons with analog triggers, and I'll buy them. Yeah. Fuck, Rich. Come on, man. Don't do it. Can I? Can I? Oh, by the way, this is a weird thing to fucking point out because I've been seeing articles about this today. And it was a baffling thing to me. I saw multiple articles that the headline was simply Super Mario 3D All-Stars will let you play the games with a pro controller. At which point I put my phone down and went, were we under the assumption that it wouldn't? Hmm. And it's like just, being like, have to specify that for people because I that's like being like Crash Bandicoot 4 will let you use a PlayStation controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is autumn with you on that one. Um... Shay, did you play Mario's? I know you're it's a big like game Mario runs 64 in full guy. screen. Hang on. <laughs> Wait a second. What HD. did they tell you prior to this? <laughs> um, Shay, I remember you're a big 64 Mario guy, but did you play Galaxy or Sunshine? I didn't because I didn't have a Wii or a Wii U. Mm. Um, so I'm actually really looking forward to I'm those games for uh, coming to the Switch. It's I'm actually going to probably be pre-ordering that, especially because of the limited release window because for some reason nintendo is doing the disney vault thing which i don't understand yeah. why but that is i'm definitely so gonna be pre- it is p- bizarre but i mean i understand whatever. why they really need those first quarter earnings apparently i mean yeah i mean i imagine with the state of the entire economy right now it makes sense but also like it's shitty maybe once people have jobs again then They'll let buy them stuff? buy your shit like, also, here's the thing, because I guarantee I think, you these sales will happen now. People who don't have the console will buy this game going, I know I'm going to get the console eventually, and yeah. I don't know that I'll be able to get this forever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that there's some theories out there because people are thinking that the new Switch console is going to be released around that time that that collection goes into moratorium or the vault or whatever the fuck you want to call it. There, mm-hmm. there are some theories of that. I for me I I really have been wanting to play Sunshine for years. I just didn't want to go buy a Wii just to do that. So it'll be nice that I actually finally get to play Sunshine and Galaxy because I remember back in the days when you guys, uh, Josh and Morgan, talked about Sunshine on SPT with Adam and um, Fish back in the day. So I remember you guys were really high on that game and and I want to play it. So it, yeah. on top of that, you're getting you're getting a bunch of games for the price of sixty dollars. So can't um, granted they're old, but you can't beat that. You're getting three awesome games. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm definitely gonna get it because for whatever reason, like I've got a big collection of a bunch of old games and stuff. I don't have a copy of Sunshine anymore, and like my kids need to play that game so i'm gonna end up i already pre-ordered it it. yeah yeah it's yeah sunshine is a great one all those games are great like i'm more excited about sunshine than and and sunshine and galaxy because i've just super mario 64 has been ported so many times i just don't feel that level of enthusiasm there yeah um even though i know it's a great i cannot believe galaxy 2 has been omitted from this yeah that is the strangest choice it is a strange choice like of all yeah i mean great yeah, it's 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 weird considering everything else on there, but it's already three games. So I mean, I guess I kind of yeah, get I it. Mean, but... 
it's not bad. Three games, and it, it sucks, but if there really is a new Switch console coming out, then maybe that's something that they're going to pair along with that. I don't know. Because they've been, I think Nintendo's uh, been really yeah, good about bringing bringing a bunch of the games for the Wii and the Wii U, or specifically the Wii U, that just didn't get the eyes on it because uh-huh. the Wii U was kind of a failed console in terms of sales. And so I very well could see them bringing it to whatever new Switch console that they plan out. Yeah. I imagine it's going to be coming. It sucks that it's not with this pack, of course. Of course, we would love that, but I think it'll come at some point. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, agreed. Agreed. So we have some uh, patron comments to read when we come back from break about this very topic. So maybe we'll break for an ad about our Patreon. So we'll see you cool. on the flip side. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shay. You know what I was thinking about this week? I want to spend my money on a lot of different things, like a wall clock, a face mask, a puzzle, and a t-shirt. You know where I could spend that kind of money? I was thinking about webbed feet, but if you want all that, you can find it at store.swordchomp.com. Oh, store.swordchomp.com. And I've heard they have a bunch of different logos, too. I've heard they have the Sword Chomp logo, the Chomping After Dark logo, and they just recently got up the In the Blood and the Evoking the Sublime logo as well. The rumors are true. Well, that's good. That's good. So if you out there are interested at all, head to store.swordchomp.com. That's store.swordchomp.com. See you there. We are back with more of the Chompcast. So I got some comments here from our Patreon community, patreon.com slash swordchomp. And here's the deal. We like to bring our patrons and friends and community into the show and discuss some of our favorite comments that are left on that private VIP Instagram page. Um, first up, Corn Space. Our good friend says, you know, I'm happy to play Sunshine again, but I'm sad we aren't being teased with either Mario Odyssey 2 or a sequel to Sunshine or Galaxy. The whole thing was just rehashes making me feel disappointed, and I'm a huge Mario fan. I wanted to read that because I was a bit of a contrarian perspective on this thing. Um, I will say I didn't feel the same way about the rehashes, but I will say ending the conference with a teaser for a new Mario game would have been the cherry on top. Yeah. Like, I, I I don't, I mean, re-releases that are soon. that old, I'm yeah, not, I'm fine. There's not a lot of places the, for them. Yeah, like, it's, it doesn't feel like it's oversaturated or anything. But, yeah, I do kind of feel that the new stuff was kind of gimmicky toys and, you know, Battle Royale type stuff. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Like, I, especially as much as I love Odyssey. Odyssey has just got just the most outstanding, you know movement in any 3d platformer out there it's so so good that yeah would have liked to see what the new thing coming from that would have been so when you say most outstanding movement in any 3d platformer you mean all of them except spyro that's what you mean no spyro is not remotely good 3d platforming movement it's just there uh, I'm just I'm just saying can you change Josh. Yeah. I don't agree with you, but I'm just No, I like the change. game. It's really fun. It's one of the best collect a thon games. It's but platforming it's not, is not the, the, the thing that makes it amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Well, we can agree to disagree. Thank you so much for your comment, Corn Space. Um, let's see here. <clears throat> 
Eric Owens said, I would have rather saw Galaxy 2 on the 3D collection than Mario 64, but I'll take it. You know, that's an interesting point. You couldn't leave Mario 64 off because people have been mad, but it's been reported so many times, and yeah. Galaxy 2 is now, like we were saying, difficult to find. So, To uh, could... quote that little girl from the taco commercial, why not both? Yeah. Why not both? I think it's more along the lines of, like, remember, man, this is a weird way to do it, but sometimes they feel like sequels are playing favorites to a franchise. Like, remember Yeah, once when... they do any sequels, then it's just like, well, why that one? But, I mean, it's, yeah. to be it's fair, the only... Those other Mario yeah. games don't have sequels, so... Yeah, I know. It's well, the only 3D yeah, sequel, yeah. really, unless it's, you start getting into yes. the new ones, which, I again, I think they want to do something else with the new ones. Like, probably not release them at all, but probably just have... You know, you know, Super Mario, like new Super Mario World 3D Land or whatever, the, four yeah. or whatever the next one is. I don't even know what we're on at this point, but the, yeah. And a Galaxy 2 only exists in my head because I think Mario at the time had that internal problem of, well, we sent Mario to space. I'm not really sure what we can do now. Yeah. Well, that 2 is amazing because it has like all the insane levels that should have been in one like mm -hmm. it's 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 great but it's it's it, great just because the whole premise of galaxy is well, it, it was like so one was good. a proof of concept it was like this is going to be kind of weird and out there let's see how people respond to it yeah and then galaxy 2 got to be okay people really like that now we can get kind of zany with it yeah i i will give nintendo credit for this because i remember at the time i said i don't know where they can really go from here because these games are so good and like you're saying rich they're literally launching mario into space you're jumping on other planets it's the problem have... world of warcraft is having right now yeah. they're like we sent them to space what do we do now let's send them to hell yeah <laughs> well <that's> yeah the... <laughs> space alternate universe <laughs> the the fifth alternate universe <laughs> like like what? What, yeah. what? I know it gets a bit. They did. They did yeah. actually send him to Hell Rich. That was Super Mario Run. But on do Actually, really like that game. It was too, the Apple so. Store? I beat yeah. it in its entirety in a in line to see Ant Man in the movie theaters. Well, there you go. I actually like that game, but we're not going to get into it. Um, I will say this to you guys that. It's the weird logic they used when they didn't put Donkey Kong Country Two on the SNES Classic because you don't want them to leave off Donkey Kong, but. They should have put them both Two on Two is there. the better one. Yeah. Diddy's Conquest is the better game. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it is. By a lot. Two is amazing. I, I don't want I mean, they're both amazing. Negative... It's, it's, it's hardly... But Two is better. Yeah, I love Two. So good. I mean, if Donkey Kong's not the character, I don't know if that can be the case. Mm. So. <laughs> it's Diddy Kong who is better. Yes. Donkey Kong's country. God damn. Um, he already had his game. Actually, 80s. technically, it's Cranky's Country because Cranky Kong is the, <laughs> original, is the original Donkey Kong. You're, what you're talking about is Donkey Kong Jr., but we don't have to get into it. Yeah, so it's a little confusing. We could get really deep in the weeds. DK maybe. is Donkey Kong Jr. I was, yeah. Um, another, man, we got lots of good contrarian views here. I like that our patrons are kind of challenging our overall positivity. Uh, <laughs> Jason Holbrook said, Fuck you, overall, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, very meh for me. I've already played those games, and as great as they are, they aren't being remastered or anything, just ported. Although I think they are well, getting they, HD they, upgrade. They, they, yeah, they, they up have to be. Like At the very yeah. least, they're up-res. Not even just up-res. Like, people would complain about you know fuzzy-looking menus and stuff yeah. if they didn't at least go in and And also, the thing is, Sunshine and Galaxy... Yeah. There's a certain amount of work that has to be done just to make those games work 
on a console that yeah, isn't the they one were, they were built for. They were built for motion controls, so... Yeah. Yeah. I think, and this last bit, may, he said, uh, I feel like the 3D Mario games are less classic to, than the 2D ones. Now, I will say this. I don't... I don't necessarily think that's the case. Nintendo has this I. weird cycle... Nintendo has this weird psychological thing where the, all their Mario games are so good that they all kind of feel like a classic. And in some ways, you look objectively and they can't, they can't all be classics, but they kind of all feel like classics. You know what I mean? Like, is there, a, is there a 3D Mario game that you feel like doesn't feel like a classic? Not to me. No, like the, the closest ones I'd get to are like the 3D World ones. Like, cause I, again, they feel like, yeah, they're... I don't think 3d world is a classic either. I agree. I do. I did actually like the, the 3ds one more than people did because it 3d used land. The 3D. I think 3d land is better than 3d world. I'm going to, I'm going to totally agree yeah. with you there, Morgan. No, I, I agree. Yeah. They used the, the 3d brilliantly, even though that console is going to be just a, a gimmick in the past. Know, you know, but I, I think 3D Land is, like, if I was going to go back to one of those, I'd be more excited to go back to 3D Land. That game was, did some cool shit. Yeah, you can pull your labo for some 3D. <laughs> Hell yeah, you can do that now. When my kid starts Mario Odyssey, it's like you can play this in 3D with your 3D labo. I'm like, I kind of want to know what the fuck that looks like in a weird. Well, way. you look like an asshole when you it, put it on. Uh, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's no, no. It, it looks about like so. basically every other. Um, you know, hey, you can have phone 3D 3D3. on your phone. It's uh, it's basically like that. So okay, cool. Eh. Yeah. So nowhere near, Anyways, nowhere near the the spectacle and just pure majesty of of the 3D on the uh, the PSP. Whenever you're playing uh, Metal Gear Acid or <sighs> what a yeah. what a those, time. Now speaking of spectacle, Josh, those were some spectacles, uh-uh. mm-hmm. because they were glasses in 3D. It was, it was more like a cardboard box that you had to hold to your face. Yeah. It was <laughs> <laughs> that was those are good times right there. Man, that was when I wasn't having sex. And a I periscope, really felt bad if you will. Myself, let me tell you. Uh-huh. I'm not ah, having sex. I'm shoving back. cardboard up to my eyes to play Metal Gear strategy games. Like, that was a dark time in my life, let yep. me tell you. <sighs> Stare at that tiny dick every night. All right, let's see. Brian Poteet said, I really like the 3D All-Star Collection, although these weird cutoff dates to buy the game are really weird. Yes. There's enough outrage that Nintendo notices and pulls back on it. I'm sure they'll notice and not pull back on it because they're Nintendo. Yeah, that's kind of unfortunately the way I feel too. Like, I, yeah. if anything, they might be like, "We're extending it for an extra month because we've all we've heard your cries." We're sorry. Yeah. I got a hot take on this. I don't mind it that much, and I think the reason is because you're not broke. Well, I will say this. I, the thing I don't like about it is Nintendo is a corporation that doesn't cl- – like, for us in our business, it's one of the reasons we offer special perks and stuff being a small company. By the way, this and- podcast is getting taken down on March 31st. <laughs> <laughs> we, should, we should do that. We should totally do that. It'll be lost to time, and people will never know where it went. They'll just message us and be like, where did episode 200 and Well, we said the during the episode it was a limited release. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, but I don't like because they're a corporation. They don't but feel if like you they pay really for our need, subscription. <laughs> and they don't feel like they really need that money. But for like someone smaller, I get it because you add an air of like, um, uh, what's the word? Premium, premiacy to it. Premiacy is that a word? Premiacy. 
No, you're thinking sure, of Prima. Sure. You're thinking no, of Prima, no. which was don't a- correct him. Don't stop. 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 Don't. Don't. <laughs> I'm combining pre- premium and currency. You were into thinking one word. of Prima strategy guides. <laughs> oh, that's it. those are definitely not premium. Let me tell you. No offense. Um, to all our premium listeners. Yes, no, but um, I I actually uh, God, I can't remember the um, the name of the book, but a, a book I read literally about like you know the trick corporations use to make you want to buy things and that is like the you know oldest trick in the book is make something seem exclusive even if it's really not yeah if you make people jump through hoops to get something then they feel special yeah. for getting it exactly yes. limited time offer it's a sale you, you guys remember i'm sure you the, do the suit you, shop up the block from me has been going out of business for 14 years yeah well, you guys remember for like a year where Coles were like we're not doing sales anymore that that didn't last because literally every single person who goes out shopping there wants to feel like they got a good deal, even well, though it's that, complete that, fucking bullshit. They still want to feel like now. they got a deal. It's a psychological yeah. thing, yes. Well, and I will say this: the if it was just like a month, I'd say it was disgusting. But there's so much time to get it. Like March of next year to me feels like plenty of time. Yeah, if you're interested. yeah, and it's not like there's a pandemic and mass evictions and exactly the economy is completely fucked. So that's cool. It's a long. Time. Here's the thing that's gross to me, and I, I could be fine with oh, it if it were this. I mean, limited guys, physical release would be fine. Yeah, I can't agree with you there. Because Limiting they've already digital said, goods is absurd. They've already said that you can go on there and re-download it if you've purchased it and want to go back and get it later on. So it's it's still being hosted there. It's not like there's literally no reason to take it off the storefront. Yeah. Go ahead, Jay. Jay? I think Go we ahead, said Jay. the thing he was gonna say. I didn't. I'm good. Oh, okay. This lag is just, um, just not your friend. Um, you guys were so excited about your physical. All right. Anyways, uh, a lot of interesting thoughts there. I think in regards to this, I tried to grab some comments from some of our patrons that I haven't uh, maybe grabbed. As I try to switch it up when I can. I thought there was a lot of good feedback. I'm gonna go around the room here really quickly. Tell me the one game of. Every game we talked about today, Mario-wise, that you're the most excited for to play, starting with you, Shay. Go. Boom. I'm excited to play uh, Super Mario Sunshine on the Switch. Mario Sunshine. Boom. Rich. Uh, actually, I think I am most excited to go back to Sunshine as well. It's been That's probably the 3D Mario I've replayed the least. Yeah. Josh. No, it's it's Sunshine, but not... Not. It's because it's the only one I don't actually own anymore. Like I can still dig out my old consoles and play them if I really wanted to. Although, yeah, possibly sixty four ish, because uh, I think my sixty four died. Because uh, I I went to play Majora's Mask the other, well, not the other day at this what? point, but a while ago, and it wasn't working. So I may not might not be able to play Mario sixty four either anymore. So. That, Does I anyone mean, remember if the the DS version of sixty four was good? Yes, it, I it had. I didn't like. The you feel could of the be Wario. I remember it, that. Yeah, it was weird because it was released before the thumbstick, so uh-huh. you had, and it's not compatible with it. Yeah, so it, it was like it had the fake thumbstick, sort of like on an, on a phone. Yeah, which was a little bit wonky, but didn't it did add some it. cool things with all the extra characters in there, like. 
yeah like yeah. hidden secrets that you could only get with a certain character so like i thought it was a really good port of it it's just the the only thing i wasn't a big fan of was that uh you know artificial stick the, going on well, you there know, the playing of the actual game has to be important the part <laughs> was the content was I mean, great granted, experiencing it sucked yeah well you'll know, granted a a fake stick is about as good as a n64 stick so it's it was uh-huh. basically the same experience Basically, it's probably same, same game, probably still much. it's probably still the definitive definitive edition of that game. So, yeah, cool, cool. And I'm for me, it's definitely Super Mario Brothers 35. I want to get my Mario Battle Royale on. Um, all right, so thank you again to our patrons. Let's take another really quick break, uh, and we'll be right back. We're gonna break down some video games this week. Don't miss our talk featuring Rich's thoughts on Avengers coming up next. What is up, Chomp Nation? This is Morgan here, also known as General Mountain Time. And look, I want to tell you today about our Patreon. That's right, Chomp Nation is growing every day. And if you enjoy what we do, whether it's the Chompcast, our social media, our YouTube channel, Twitter, anything we're doing out there, you can support us. And for just a couple bucks, you can help keep us alive. And honestly, our patrons have basically become family and i want to go over a couple of the cool tiers we have if you want to support us and if you don't that's fine too we're just happy that you download and check out the podcast um our biggest and most popular tier we have is just five dollars five bucks you get access to early spoiler casts that's right chomping after dark you get those several weeks early you get access to our top secret vip instagram page that's right on the podcast you might hear me say hey do you want to be a vip member of the chomp cast and you say, I sure do, I sure do. Well, guess what? Boom. That $5 tier makes you a VIP member. You get access to this secret Instagram page that has top secret videos and pictures and polls that only VIP members get. And those polls and those feedback questions that we get, if it's a question of the week, for example, are read on the show, we make you a part of what we do. Um, so go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. You can look for our $5 tier, which is probably our most popular. And then from there, it escalates. We have a $10 tier, a $20 tier for Skypes. There's a lot of great things. But just head on over to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Check it out. And if you want to support us, it would mean the world to me, Rich, Josh, and Shay, and everyone else out there in Chomp Nation. Until next time, General Mountain Time salutes you. We're back with the Chomcast. Hey, we're talking some video games this week. Um, no. As we always do. Have... <laughs> no, no, we're not. I'm sorry. I lied. This is this is the end of the road for us. Um, sh- I wonder, a lot of people have thoughts on this whole Avengers thing, Rich. I don't know, but I guess this whole Avengers franchise is a big deal. Uh... <sighs> I find you exhausting. <laughs> Look, I don't dislike the Avengers. I just don't have a particular affinity for it either. Well, I do. Um, well, and that's why we're glad you're here, because this is the kind of game that would have slipped right through the cracks. None of us would have fucking cared about it, and people would have been sad. So Okay, uh, so I guess I'll talk about Avengers from Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics. Please. This has been kind of a weird, contentious thing, because there's obviously all this baggage coming from people going, ooh, this, this games-as-a-service Avengers game looks rough. Um, I've played a considerable amount of it. I've been playing it since Tuesday. 
Um, this is the weird thing to say. The campaign is phenomenal. Uh, Kamala Khan is a fantastic protagonist. It's got that, like, AAA level talent and stuff going on. Troy Baker is an amazing Tony Stark. Um, it's really, yeah, yeah cool. the, the campaign is really fucking good. The the thing that I'm worried about, and people seem to be mirroring my thoughts online, and I, and I will have a full write-up for this once I put some considerable time into it, is the games-as-a-service part of it, the, the loop at the end, seems like it's going to be this grind-fest that could potentially be good down the road. Like, it feels like a Season 1 Destiny scenario to me right now, where, like... Some of the stuff feels like filler. There's some solid content in there, and the entire progression needs to be reworked from the ground up. What if you think Season 1 Destiny is one of the best games ever? You're an idiot. No, the the loot cave <laughs> was the end game. Yeah, absolutely. Avengers well, Endgame. Well, I mean, in all seriousness, even with the controversy that Destiny came out with, obviously it was very polarizing, people would still acknowledge that the the gameplay was one of the tightest shooters around. Do you feel like the gameplay in Avengers I, is really tight? Here's actually the funny thing to say. I think the gameplay is pretty solid, even if some of the enemies get a little bit like, all right, samey at times. I think for the most part, there's enough variety. Uh, the characters all feel pretty unique. The thing that gets annoying is when you get reminded of what kind of game you're playing, when you keep picking up loot all the time and going for this gear score, uh, even though you don't see your gear, which well, because they want the cosmetics, which which is fine. I don't care about seeing the gear. I like the skins and all that. Um, like not seeing the gear is not the part I care about. It actually reminded me Morgan of your comment about Ghost of Tsushima the other week and how much that game would suck if they added loot to it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's what if it was cosmetic loot. What if it was just cosmetic? That, loot? Well, that's not what I'm talking about here. Well, I mean, like, I'm talking about, like, what if Ghost of Tsushima just had cosmetic loot? Would you be more well, that's, okay with that? Uh, I wouldn't really. It does have cosmetic loot. I mean, if it was dropped. Um, but see, that's the weird thing, though. So you're picking, you're min-maxing loot, but you don't actually see the loot unless I, you I like, don't, buy skins. Yeah, that's not an issue for me. I don't. Well, no, because the okay. loot and the skins are two separate things. The the gear okay. is just to get your stats up, uh, and then beyond, how do you get the skins? Are they even individual stats, or is it just like a? They're individual stats per okay. character. Um, every character has their own skill tree and different regression. Um, the skins, and here's where the the paid part of this game is going to come in down the road. Here's basically how it works, and I think this is the easiest way to explain it. When you look at, like, okay. live games now, you know how season passes work? Yeah. Basically, think of it this way. Every character has a season pass. Oh, and God. Hear me out. Hear me out, Josh. Let me finish it. And there's a track that is free and premium on each one. For all the characters in the base game, the premium track is free. It comes with the game. Okay. Every character and piece of content that's added after this is going to be added to the game for free, but for $10, they'll have a premium progression with skins and stuff. They define premium okay. progression. So basically, like the, the, you've got, they'll have a you've permanently got the premium track for the, the base characters in the game. For Captain America, yeah. Thor, Black Widow, yeah. Iron okay. Man, okay. Hulk, and Miss Marvel. Yeah, and I imagine in 18 months the game itself will be free and then you'll just yes correct eventually get those if you just wanted to um beyond that it uh well for one we know already kate bishop is coming to the game this month uh she will be the first edition followed by clinton barton's hawkeye shortly after 
the thing that's crazy is I think the story is so fucking good, and it's not a Marvel story that's being told in the movies right now. Kamala Khan is a oh. fantastic choice yeah. for the protagonist. Um, she had so Who? much Kamala space Khan? to what? go Kamala Khan from because she had Ms. was like just getting to know, you know, the Avengers yeah. and everything in in the comics. It's like there's so much room, so it's like, very everywhere much... to go. The intro to the game is um, she is in this fanfic contest uh, for Avengers Day, and she's actually like you're you're at the event and kind of walking around, and it's like a you know three years later thing after that, but it starts with her kind of bumping into the Avengers and meeting them there and all this, and then, you know the the setup events happen that result in in humans being created, her becoming an Inhuman, and. Uh, you know, it jumps to a few years later, and she is trying to reassemble the Avengers to stop Modok and AIM, and enlisting Bruce Banner's help to do so, to bring the Avengers back together. My favorite plot point in the beginning of this game, and I, like, it's so smart, is after the beginning when the Avengers are sort of vilified, there is a, a place in-game in Jersey City called Avengers Park where there are statues of all the Avengers and you go there in the beginning as Kamala and all of the statues have been torn down. The city has been tearing them down except for the statue of Captain America because they tried to tear it down, but Thor left his hammer on top of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. That came out last night. Well, no, if you pre-ordered it, it came out on Tuesday, which is how I've put so much time into it, but it, Um, it came out last night. Otherwise. Yeah. That's kind of ironic that it has such a good story, but the controversy is more around the gameplay. It's And it um, can be salvaged because also every new character is adding more story. And if those stories are just mm. as good and they keep adding them for free, that's going to be really good. Uh, the other kind of noteworthy thing in that is I just completely lost my fucking train of thought because... <laughs> I, I did have a number of good notes about this game. Like I'm enjoying what I played. Who so are far. you? Who are you rolling with? Who's your character? Do you have to play certain characters in the story? For, kind of for story missions, yes. But for the other stuff, you can kind of jump around. I really like the feel of uh, Kamala and Hulk for the most part. They are probably my favorites to play as. Uh, How do I not know who Kamala is? Why am Ms. I Marvel. why? Miss Marvel. Oh, okay. Okay. But I still feel like you don't know who that is. I, yeah, I feel like that You was think like, you oh. do, but you don't. Uh, is that Brie Larson? No, that's Captain Marvel. We had this conversation last week. Fuck. How many fucking Marvels are there? Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, fucking Margo Moogle Moogle. Yeah. Yeah. Are you having a stroke? And then the Marvelous <laughs> Miss Maisel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think she's yes. also canon. Amazon Prime. Well, in, like for the record, it, in the <laughs> comics years ago, Miss Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel, Brie Larson's character, used to be called Miss Marvel, and eventually took up okay. the mantle of Captain Marvel. Kamala Khan in the comic books is basically a girl who grows up idolizing the Avengers, and she names herself when she becomes a hero and gets powers Miss Marvel after Captain Marvel. Yeah, since the name's no longer oh. being used. And she, her, her abilities still feel so good because anyone not familiar with the character, her abilities are basically almost like Mr. Fantastic stretching, except she more so than just like elongating herself can just almost inflate her body. Yeah. So there's a lot of like as well. Yeah, exactly. I'm blowing up my fist and punching you in the goddamn face. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. I like when you talk about elongation, Rich. It's a 14 year old girl. Yes. 
Um, I was trying to see what the I was reading some of just the general reception of this thing to see how it was being viewed. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's uh, coming in a nice hot seventy-two Metacritic. Yeah, I don't know. It seems interesting. I don't know if I'd I'd buy it, but I like. I like the idea that the story is the best part of it because that's usually the thing I have the most that's trouble That's what's getting. crazy because it's what I was worried was going to suffer for them making this a, a live multiplayer game, but actually the live multiplayer part is the part that feels more tacked on and needs to be worked on. <laughs> that's weird. Hmm. That is so I think that's the weird. best possible outcome we could have gotten with the trajectory of this. Yeah, I mean, really. Yeah, because I mean, it's fixable, you know? Also, you get over the off-brand Avengers thing people were complaining about pretty quickly. Like, that whole, like, they look kind of like the MCU Avengers, but not enough. Because this game does a good job of very quickly making it clear that this is a very differently established Marvel Universe with years of lore. Um, also, Thor, in gameplay perspective, I haven't played much of him yet, but what I have the way that hammer throw feels just brings me back to playing God of War. God of War, And yeah. it's it's so good for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny how that's sort of inspired stuff. You're going to see a lot of hammer throws like that, a lot of God of War-esque hammer throws. It's a great hammer throw. It, I mean, it, it really is, and it has that good heft to it. It feels hilarious when you give it a toss, and then when you call it back, and you see a guy stumble forward as this hammer plows into the back of his head. <laughs> Well, is that sort of the issue, too, that a lot of the enemies are not interesting and, like, the bosses are not super interesting and they I really could have jazzed? I haven't done enough of the bosses yet. I feel like sometimes the enemy types get a little bit stale because it's, like, just guys. fodder guy or fodder robot. Um, the only boss <laughs> I've fodder. fought at this point is a, a Hulk villain, the Abomination. Okay. I thought that was a pretty decent fight. But I'd imagine a lot of the loot stuff is like grinding out what they call these like villain zones where it's like you do a certain amount of things and at the end of this one you fight the abomination. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Alright. Um that seems like an interesting thing to see how that develops, but the story is good. Yeah, I'm really, really digging the story, excited to see where, where that goes. And the core gameplay sounds like it feels good. It's just the gameplay loop maybe is a little empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Huh. Um, speaking of loops, uh, pipes, if you will, full pipes, half pipes. If you ever been on a skateboard board? It feels like you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was a legit hardcore skateboarding kid. Me from too. Ages. Yeah. You listened to all the music. Fourteen, to se- <laughs> fourteen to seventeen. No, actually, that was not my thing. Weirdly enough, it was the skateboarding. But I was like the one skateboarder listening to like Lincoln Park. Yeah. So, so I they was hated you. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. Uh, they they're just like yo, I got my CKY, and I'm like yo, Chester Bennington, like get out of here, bro. Um, I'd never fit in. So, anyways, Tony Hawk, <laughs> I have good memories yeah. of this game. Um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two Remastered. You were playing those for the show, Rich. Sounds like you're enjoying. The yeah, hell out of I them. stayed up late last night, played a bunch of it. This is a fucking phenomenal remaster. Uh. Everything about it feels good. It looks good. The music is how you remember it, plus more. Um, I'm basically through all of Pro Skater 1. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm coming close to the finish line of 100%ing all those levels. It is, it is what you what? remember, but, like, bumped up for the modern age. Like, it, it makes me hopeful that, even though 5 was so fucking bad, that maybe there's a shot at reviving the Pro Skater franchise. 
Yeah, you'd think there would be. And it's um, the cool thing we were talking about before the show was they, how they remade the intro. Like, the care of that intro, I think, says so much about the love they put in this game because it's the same intro but changed and adjusted to meet, like, how those To modernize skated. it, yeah. Yeah, and you can play as, like, an old Tony Hawk. You were telling me about that before the yeah, show. Yeah, there, there are new, more modern uh, modern character models available for all the skaters from the original. Uh mm-hmm. Tony Hawk's children. And yeah, I was telling you guys before the show, I knew I <laughs> I felt uh, like I was back in the saddle in the right way when I fired up that first level warehouse and I did every goal on the first run and I was like, okay, I'm still good at this. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I remember. And that's like one of the least interesting levels. It's memorable, but like uh, very simple. It, to it's a, a simple level. It's one of the levels where like if you remember it, you probably will without a problem be able to do all of the, the goals for that level on the first run. I re- I remember, like I said, yeah, everyone has certain songs they remember. I was joking with you guys about how, for whatever reason, I remember that Papa Roach song from that game. Oh, um, God. Because it wasn't... They did this weird thing with that CD, Infest, where the parental advisory version had a different song than the regular version of Infest by Papa Roach because he kept saying the word kill, and I guess at the time it was a big deal. Because we didn't want know. children to know about death. We, yeah, we didn't want children to, to... It was just a weird... Like, you mean I'm going to have to talk like, to my kids? This song is banned. It must be hardcore. But, um, you know, what 16 But he just, he like said that. abortion in it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, anyways, those games were a lot of fun at the time. I just had a little bit of fear that maybe, because I hadn't played one in so long, that I don't really remember if I, if I didn't I don't know if I'd enjoy it as much now. I'm kind of scared. Love I love these games. Like I can't speak to how much the, I was obsessed with these games as a kid. So it's an easy sell for me. It's it's only forty bucks. It's not a full price sixty. And they did fucking work it's a great deal. to these. Yeah. Uh, all those mu- multiplayer weird multiplayer modes you remember now are more viable because there's online. Uh, like I played a bunch of uh, graffiti last night, which if anyone remembers is the mm. game mode where you're assigned a color and when you do a <laughs> trick off something it changes to your color and you're trying to tag zones and the only way to tag an occupied zone is to do a higher combo off that um yeah. that object that was yeah i remember that pretty well the um you're going for the platinum are you got on ps4 i need to look at Get the trophies player? because i'm good at tony hawk games but there might be some like I don't know how good I still am at them. You know what I mean? Uh, are, the, yeah. are the multiplayer components still pretty good? Like a friend could just jump in with you and have like a score challenge kind of a thing? Uh, Yeah, you can totally uh, kind of link. I actually linked up with a friend of mine last night uh, while we were both playing. He was able to jump in my session easily, and then we could queue for online multiplayer. We could do a free skate. We could do pretty much anything really easily. That's cool. That game is being received really well. That that remake, is... I think, rightfully so. Like it, it's, it kind of almost came out of nowhere, and people were talking about it like, oh, cool, they're putting Tony Hawk back out because they've tried it once before and it didn't go so great. But this time they yeah. they did the work. We had a pretty interesting discussion last year about how we felt like it was hard to tell because we are not at the of the age where we would really skateboard, but it felt like skateboarding had sort of faded a bit in the in our country's consciousness. Not New York, um, baby. When I when I go to see my parents, like Long Island had a big skateboard scene. Like I skateboarded a lot in high school. There are mm-hmm. still kids everywhere. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like you could be, you could absolutely be right. It's just hard to. I don't know. You know, I think skateboarding is one of those things where 
if you are going to do it as a career, like professionally, you sort of get to that level at high school age and then just continue to do it. So that's yeah. why, you know, by then if you're going to be, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is much harder everywhere else in the country because we don't pave roads anymore. It's just not, not a thing we do in America. So you just dirt roads and you guys play hoop stick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be school yeah. pull to my date's house on a skateboard at, at the age of 25 years old, or she's just going to laugh me out of the, the fucking place. Yeah. So. A lot of people it's be even harder that. now that you're in your 30s. <laughs> well, I, yes, also <laughs> that. A lot of people don't know this about New York, but the roads actually are only paved in a very specific way. There's constantly a paver just in front of wherever de Blasio is going. Yeah. And they just pave over it so he doesn't have to touch dirt. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm, yeah that's no but there was i think it's fair to say in the 90s there was definitely most uh, tony hawk actually said in this interview i was listening to on uh, the dan levitard show that he thought it was in big part because of the rise at the time of the video game but the skateboarding in the 90s was very much part of the american consciousness i think Um, they were trying to save us from the video games probably yeah (laughs) let's build a bunch of skate parks we've got to save our kids Let's get them outside, yeah. right? In the two thousand, we they realized they didn't really actually give a shit about any of the kids, so they. Oh yeah. Yeah. wait, we got other shit going on, mm-hmm. and we the, were just building skate parks in Pro Skater. The thing I, I really missed about like the skate games and and like some of the games of the skateboarding games I really got into as a kid was like when you were into skating. The beautiful thing about it was for me was just finding weird things in the world to use for either tricks or just transportation. Um, like, oh, there's a weird ramp over here. I'm going to take that as a path behind this building that I don't normally go down to. Or let me ollie over this uh, this pile of wood because this is a much faster way to this place that I'm going to. And it was just sort of fun to... I mean, in real life, I had a, a wealthy friend in high school who had a half pipe in his backyard. So it's oh, kind of spoiled man. in that regard. Like, it's crazy because a lot of street skating in New York, which is mostly what we were good at. But then we started learning vert and getting hurt all the fucking time because <laughs> oh, my that's a friend got a half pipe. Uh-huh. Yep. We started learning vert and getting hurt. <laughs> it was fun. Cool. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. So far, they sound great. My one note is I think the next Tony Hawk game should introduce what I remember from my high school years of every time you are getting to ready to set up a grind, you jump off the board and first spend 20 minutes waxing the rail down. <laughs> yeah right that was yeah i do remember that i do remember like my these uh we used to skate at this one spot and the people that would come it was like a public library on a military base uh and the ladies would always who worked there always get really mad at us because we would wax, wax the rails the little yeah and or we'd wax the little um cement you like know. the edges of the curbs yeah yeah so you could try and, and board slide just, or something and it would stay that way for a long time and people would get really it was mad. heavy duty wax i used to carry uh Rail wax in uh, my backpack all the time because you never fucking know. Yeah, well, gotta be ready. Yeah, Even if you don't have a skateboard, you might need to wax something. No, what do you what do you think? I, <laughs> listen, I was one of those kids who had that uh, that sort of like buckle thing for skateboard. Yeah, no, in your you're backpack. like the handsome rogue from any noir film. You, you just you exactly. have to have a lighter ready in in case <laughs> you the never femme know fatale when needs. you're gonna need to grind a rail. Yeah. by which I mean, I wax it down. I do like I try and do a kickflip and fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I did want to say really briefly, I was going to, I was hoping to tell Shay this, but I don't see him. So he may have left. He's there. Um, oh, he's he died he's somehow. There. Uh, 
Shay's hand. His hand just pop, pops up like, uh, I was thinking, what, Terminator? Or no, Titanic with the hand on the, the window. I think you're thinking, all right, whatever. Sex scene. Um, oh, the thumbs up. Yeah, that's Terminator. There we go. Oh, no, I just, I only need like two, like two minutes on this because I'm saving this for a lot of the other content we're doing. But I was going to say, Shay, I did go through the very beginning of Kingdoms of Amalur. And, and you can't I'm playing talk on about it because it's embargoed. Embargoed, but this won't drop until after the embargo. So that's oh, okay. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking at that point. But yeah, um, yeah. And and the, the we cool don't thing is I'm playing on very. <laughs> we t- not that anyone would even care about us, but no, we're gonna respect no, no, no. These no I mean, because... the three of us. That's why he's telling us because because oh. we don't count. Yeah. Well, yeah, my yeah. dad tells me that every night before I go to bed for some reason. So he texts yeah. me, and I'm like, "What the fuck do you want?" <laughs> He's yeah, like, you don't, no, they you don't count. Say, <laughs> I was looking, it was interesting looking over the stuff. They were like, just don't publish anything till Monday 9am. I was like, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, no, it was, I, they added a very hard difficulty, which for me was really cool because, uh, I, I thought the game was a little on the easy side. Um, and I can tell you that very hard difficulty is already kicking my ass, but Shay, I'm excited for you to play because people don't know this. It's R.A. Salvatore wrote a lot of the lore, which I know is one of Shay's favorite writers. Um, they have like Still some is. of the original people. Still is. Sorry. They have some of the original people that worked on, like, uh, Diablo. They have, um, who is, oh, they had uh, Grant Kirkhope did the music, who's an incredible musician for, like, Rare Viva Pinata, stuff like that. Just amazing. So, like, right from the, the first screen, you hear that amazing soundtrack, and you're just like, ooh, it's this very, it almost reminds me of, like, a Danny Elfman score from, like, a Tim Burton film or something like that. I don't know why, but that's what it reminds me of. Um... And and I don't. This isn't really a big one for me, but uh, Todd McFarlane of uh, Spawn fame uh, worked on some of the character designs and shit like that. Which I don't know. I think character designs look really cool, but I don't. It it is what it is. I don't give a shit about Spawn. You know, I did when I was a kid, though. I'm sure. Um, who didn't care about Violator? That big, weird, rubbery white guy with the crazy horns. Um. Anyways, that game so far, like I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, like right from the beginning, I was like, I don't know. Is this going to feel too old? You know what I mean? And once I started getting into the gameplay, I was just having a great time because the game is really fun to play. So I'm hopeful. Very hopeful. That's good. Is the, uh, That's good. Is the very hard, have you been playing a very hard? I am. Yeah. It Does it get too grindy? Does it like feel like you're trying to get your stats up for... For stuff, or and it's it's very hard with the W. I don't know. It's tough with difficulty games where they're RPGs. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, like it, uh, that's the only thing what? I worry about is like, is is it actually hard, or is it going to be something where it's like is just it, make you grind more? Is, is it the... scaling the enemies up, or is it making the AI smarter? Um. So I just started it. So so I the first boss killed me three times. I haven't beat it yet. But that's just because um, you're bad. <laughs> <it's> a, <laughs> I'm I'm extra bad. I'm worse than normal. Um, so we'll have to see, Josh. I'm curious to see how that plays out. The one nice thing is, if you do get stuck on, like for me, I'm on very hard. Most people are not. You do want the power fantasy of, oh, I did find this really cool piece of loot or something like that. Um, so I think that's okay. But I don't know. I don't know yet. Okay. I'm just very early on. I'll, yeah, I'll it say sounds my promising. But like, yeah, that's that is like Rich was saying, kind of a worry with RPG leveling mechanics that kind of it just does it just become a yeah, grind. does it become yeah. just extra grinding? which is not not what you want out of it usually so 
for me, like that that first boss can kill me in two hits, so I'm just like Jesus Christ. And it's like one of those big bosses, if you remember, right? That have like a smashing weapon, mm-hmm. like a big club. Um, so you have to roll out of the way, and I if it hits me twice, I'm dead. So I've I've already died three times uh, on that first boss, which is kind of scary, but also like that's kind of what I'm looking for because I played the first game on hard too. So that's yeah. that's what I want. Okay. You know, I want to know that if I seen the first game, if I explored and explored and found new loot or killed more enemies, I felt like I was too overpowered. So I want to be able to do everything I want and not feel like I'm overpowered necessarily. So for me, I think that this might be the right difficulty for someone like Shay. I don't really know if I should recommend like hard. Yeah. Or yeah. Very no, hard. That, that sounds about right because that was the issue I ran into. Where it's like I've got a bunch of side quests, tons of stuff to do, but if I don't go do the main story right now. It's gonna it's be, gonna be easy. really easy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm enjoying it for what it is, but I've played like 20 minutes of it. So Shay, are you gonna try? You think you're gonna go hard or very hard? What are you thinking? Well, this year has all been predicated on me playing games on the hard or higher difficulty. Um, we'll see. I'll probably give both a try. I'll probably play for a few hours on hard and a few hours on very hard. That way, like, if, since we are doing a quote-unquote review on this, might as well approach it from that direction. Yeah. All right. We're going to cram as much of this in as we can before, in a couple days. That's what, that's what she said. No matter how Um, bad it hurts. (laughs) It's going to hurt. But no, it's got this, the last thing I'll say is there's this great moment in this game after you do the first 30 minutes where you're in like this dingy cave, and it's got a great tutorial, and you walk out, and the world is there. Remember in Oblivion, they had that great moment where you spend like the first 20 minutes in that dark cave, and you walk out, and the world it's is beautiful. It's a dungeon, bro. You're in prison. It's, it's, yeah, it's just like that. It's just like that. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but I'm From curious, Oblivion? Shady, your perspective. <laughs> uh, you gotta watch out for Oblivion spoilers, Rich. Don't you? Well... There's rats in that in, sewer. You're not <laughs> the king, in prison. The king, in the king of Tamriel dies. You're not in prison in Kingdoms of Amalur. You're right. But there's another kind of interesting twist to how that game starts. Yeah. But what I want to know from Shay's perspective is, and this is something I cannot talk about when he plays it, is as an R.A. Salvatore fan, how he feels about the writing and the lore. I want to know. I'm really curious to see what he thinks about that. Uh, only time will tell. So we shall yeah. see. Um, yeah, I'm. We, <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, I'm excited to see uh, his writing in video game form because yeah he's he's an author I've loved throughout the years and I his uh, his material I still read to this day so I'm excited to finally be able to sit down with it and Todd McFarlane is absolutely awesome yeah it, it like I said to you privately like years ago it's a game I wanted to play I just never got time to sit down and play it and um. I'm excited to finally get that opportunity again. Yeah, it's going to be fun, especially for the the occasion. Whether we like it, uh, don't like it, or somewhere in between, it's for this occasion. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Josh, I wanted to say, me and you play this game from Hello Games called The Last Campfire, um, which I wanted to give us a couple minutes to talk about as well before we take our break before polls. This is an interesting game, Josh. I I bought it as well, and I've I've only put about two hours into it, but. For people, the best way I could break this down for people is it's like if Hello Games, it's their version of, you know, the sort of quiet, modern, bigger indie game like a Journey or a Abzu. It, to me, it's giving me vibes of like, that's the vibes I get from it. 
Um, yeah, it's doing an awful lot of uh, environmental storytelling type stuff. Um, it's also doing an, an awful lot of just direct storytelling because there's a narrator explaining yeah. everything, um, which uh, not just Very explaining everything, but also uh, literally anytime any character has a line, the narrator reads it as this person then like the stranger said this, but it's the narrator reading it. So there's, there's only the one, you know, speaking voice in the, well, I mean, they've got like a few of the other characters will have a, like, Is it like a bastion type thing. Ish, mm-hmm. but more Ish. so because it's, um, I don't know if I'd say more so not more so, but like it, it it's very much, um, it doesn't leave as much to mystery again. It kind of makes jokes of things like she'll be, she, she very much narrates exactly what's going on uh, in a way that, yeah. and I won't, I won't say it dilutes all the mystery, but it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Like the, the voice acting, I, I'm not a fan of the voice acting. I, I don't, um, she's got, I don't know, I guess, I guess French Canadian voice, uh, young yeah, French Canadian uh, girl, but, um, with the, with a strong French accent, uh, which is fine. Um, however, a lot of the writing has characters specifically written with Cockney accents, and sure. yeah, and the, and the Cockney accents don't happen because they're being read by like a, a younger French girl with a very strong French accent. Yeah. And so, so you it's think they should very, have gotten Carl Urban for those moments? It's we like it works most just, of the time, but then you get the, like it, they're they're very clearly written as Cockney characters, and then I would have liked to have the weird. Voice. It's weird, weird to have yeah. yeah have the lines read, read by, by someone clearly, with a French accent. Is she clearly Cockney, not trying Cockney. to do a Cockney thing. No, no, it does Cockney. not happen. Oh, well, I'll give you a stab no, right she, for at, a at no point does she change accents for any of the characters. Um, I'll show you no. shoes if you give me three pence. No, she doesn't. No, but no, Josh is right. But I think that it would have been cool if they were all voiced because, like, when you walk up to, like, the frog character at the beginning and, like, he talks just like the, the narrator, you're mm-hmm. like, eh. It's, it does take you out of the magic a little bit. Like, I get I get that they were trying to go for, like, a whole storybook feel, but yeah. I, I think that it has kind of the opposite feeling because since... In a storybook, you you'd, you assume whoever's reading it is going to try to do somewhat of a voice for each of the characters, and there's no change. Like, they're all read the same yeah. as the narration, which is, it, it makes a it a little bit hard. Choice. It makes it hard to parse, because you have to, like, really pay attention to... Um, Who's speaking? Like, the text on screen. Like, saying, like yeah. okay, like, you kind of pay attention to that, because it all sounds the same. It's it's I, I I finished it and I've actually I I really enjoy the game, but that that is one of myriad poor choices in this game that are just baffling, like just easily like, avoidable. E- easily avoidable choices. Uh like th- this game is made to be on console and um iOS, it's like a. Uh, I, I think it. I think on phone, it's exclusive to uh, Apple Apple, Apple Arcade. Arcade right now. Um, yeah, I'm on PS4, but yeah. And and the whole thing is basically built to run on iPhone. An iPhone. Um, 
to to the point where like there's weird pathing stuff if you're playing with a controller where you'll go to talk to somebody and to interact with them it won't think you're close enough to them so it'll like run around path like all the way around them to go to the other side of them to to then initiate the conversation because it's it's meant to be a point and click thing yeah like there's just there there are weird decisions here and there uh, when i first launched the game because again it was made to be clicked the controller didn't even work in the menu like i'd click down and if i was clicking too fast it wouldn't go to the right menu item when i was like trying to go through to you know check settings and whatnot because of setting up a pc game you've got to check settings at the beginning um it's it's just weird like i I feel like there's wrong decision after wrong decision in there they've got awkward awkward you know like this is a phone game type stuff um as you go on you get more and more pushing block puzzles which is kind of a staple of the phone game genre um Uh uh-huh it's i don't know why i really like this game is kind of what it comes down to because like every individual thing when i kind of take it out of the game and look at it they did it wrong but it still works as a whole um well the yeah i see that's the weird thing josh like i see where you're coming from i i was curious when i was picking your brain because uh on the playstation 4 i hadn't run into too many weird things there was one point on the lily pad where i felt like the frog was like pushing me around while we were hopping and i was like this feels unnatural Uh, but generally speaking i didn't encounter anything that really stuck out to me now i don't think that you're wrong necessarily especially because you're playing the pc version but for whatever reason playing on ps4 nothing stuck out to me um for what it's worth but i think the positive of the game that you're speaking to is like, there's sort of an intimacy and a charm to it. Like, that first area with, there's, like, a fisherman in a little pond, and he's got, like, a fish on his head and a frog. And you kind of have to figure out, it's a very small space, but you kind of have to figure out the puzzle of that area to progress. And you talk to the fisherman, and he tells you this story about how he, he's not very good at catching fish. The, the the frog is much better than he is. But there was that one fish that he tried to, he would, you know, try to catch for years, and then one year it bit him in the head and now it's his hat it's it's kind of whimsical in like a almost like a nintendo kind of a way like an old school platformer kind of way where you just meet weird wonky characters and they're all kind of hanging out near each other you know what i mean yeah that um ish yeah like i mean yes um the setting is fairly unique it's got um it yeah don't want to spoil too much because i think the story is kind of like my favorite part of it as far as like things that there's it's not really messed up as far as like decisions were made wrong because i I feel like again they hit all the right notes there um so i don't really want to spoil too much but um it's a short game right yeah it's a fairly short game it was a few hours long um four four ish around there sounds um, like it's it sounded to me like it would be one of those like if i pick it up i will sit down one afternoon that i'm free and just kind of get through it yeah i played it in a few sittings just because it was like um it's divided up into chapters i guess or well kind of like hubs um like the main mechanic is you are um trying to save um these lost souls so you can progress on to the next area um and you need to find like a set number 
for each area, then at that point you can like talk so to the guy and he'll let you move on. Mario gating. Yeah, like that sort of thing. But um, essentially each time you find one of these forlorn, which are essentially spirits that gave up on moving on and just like, fuck it, I'm just going to sit here and die. Um, you go like into their mind to solve a block puzzle or not not strictly block puzzles but uh, more or less block puzzles okay. um and uh so you So it's psychonauts. Yes. Ish <laughs> like they're not that in depth like yeah, the narrator yeah. will tell a story about what this person was going through or whatever why they decided to give up. Um so like theming on like the narration of it but like they all kind of look the same. It's not like um I got you. They don't like look drastically different. Like, okay, here's, you know, you're going into their mind, and they all look completely different. They they all look basically the same. Um, so like, it, I I kind of played a hub world at a time because I sure. think there's like three hubs, three maybe is there a fourth? I think there's three hubs. So anyway, I played it in like three sittings. Like, okay, I'll go through here and find all these guys so it was like because i i wanted to see all of it because i was you know again i was enjoying it even though i felt like there was just missteps everywhere um yeah so you know go through find all the guys and then take a break come back to it later but if you wanted to you can sit down and play it in one sitting very easily uh but it is Like, narratively, I think they're doing some really interesting things. I was telling... I think I mentioned this in chat, so I mentioned it to you guys, but it was... By the time you get to the end of the story, it's one, it, it feels like it's completely a downer. Like, it's just one of these very hopeless-type tales. Like, oh no, they're like nothing could possibly go right from this point on, but somehow that's okay. Sort of a feeling mm-hmm. to the like the the way they're framing the story here um and i just i don't know i liked it like it it just it felt like it felt like a really good way to wrap up a story like that it it, like i don't basically everybody else kind of wants to give you a happy ending or something like that with with these type of games and they didn't i think i kind of worked i think i get what you're saying and i I can always i always appreciate a story like that when they try and do that of like the Hey, almost like this situation's not going to get better, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's just something you've got to deal with. Yeah. And I, yeah, I really, I enjoyed a lot about the story in this game. I think that's kind of what pulled me through the whole thing because, I mean, not, not that there was anything wrong with like any of the puzzles. They're all fine, but they just, like, nothing felt stellar about it. Nothing felt stellar about it. Like it did, it felt like a phone game. Like, okay, it, it's one of those things where, like, uh, on the phone, you'd be like, this is amazing. You you all need to see this. But um, as a console ex- But as a console experience. game, it feels like this is a phone game. That got ported to a console. Like, yes. Um, but I don't think that that's... It doesn't, it doesn't hurt the game. It's not necessarily bad. I think, like, Donut County, for example, falls into that loop Mm -hmm. of, I played that on my phone, and then I bought it on my console knowing what it was, because I'm like, I'm going to play this on my PlayStation now and get trophies in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's very similar to that. And Donut County is another one that I love. I, I I don't think they had anywhere near the missteps that this no this one Donut does. County is simple, but it just has like it it's, oozes charm. Yeah, well, it, it yeah, and it's it's excellent on all the platforms. It, like it didn't have any of those, those issues, but yeah, this this is I feel. Like, it's nothing like Donut County and like the actual actions you're doing, but it's I just very felt like that similar sort phone of to console game. To, the situation yeah. is similar. It seems mm-hmm. like Donut County maybe had a better implementation of that moving this game clearly built for phones to a console experience than the last campfire might have. Yeah, and uh, I, it's it's mostly minor stuff. It's stuff like the game was built around tapping, so there's pathing built into all the yeah like. Uh, basically there's which isn't the end of the world but if you notice it it's weird well it's weird and there are a few situations like early on where you can just walk off camera completely like they didn't put like there's like they didn't put you know pathing restrictions on on places where you you can just you can just walk off the level Um, without a controller you, you can't wouldn't be able obviously to get you, there. you can't just tap off camera because the camera is what you're tapping on yeah so it's like little things here and there um that's that actually kind of funny yeah it's just kind of funny yeah um just like but yeah you still like it I, yeah i still really liked it it's it's one of those like i it's yeah i i did i really liked it it's one of those things like i've started playing it i'm like this is wrong it barely works I'm super frustrated by a lot of the, you know, poor porting issues. And then, like, the more I played it, I'm like, okay, I I still really like this game. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and I can say for anyone picking up on PS4, you're probably less noticeable. Um, But, uh, yeah, overall, I I thought my time with the game has been fine. Like, I'm not super high on it, super low on it. I do like the charm of it. Um, There's sort of this element of, like, you'll be in an area and you'll search it thoroughly and you're like, you know, I know I need to get into here somehow, but maybe that's something I get later. So you kind of keep exploring almost Zelda S. Yeah. They, and also because there's so much stuff to collect, you've got like little diary pages that you're collecting. Uh, they do a nice Mm -hmm. thing of on every screen you're on, like each discrete screen, it will show you whether you've collected everything on it. So you don't have to waste your time wandering around an entire hub you can be like okay i've got everything here let's go to another screen like if if you're trying to find all the stuff um and i don't know if you mentioned this josh but one of the cool things about the way the puzzles work are we'll just walk up to something and the story it's of that person or that object becomes the puzzle yeah like yeah i was, I was talking talking to rich to about like, how it's kind of like going into their mind uh, uh yes, presentationally yes. the thing that i really like about that <laughs> is that there's like no loading screen or anything you just go just click boom. on them and like the world kind of melts yes. into that the the other the puzzle the the area you're the going puzzle, to and yes. it, it looks and really cool having it just kind of fade into this other thing yeah it sounds like a it cool does. effect at the very yeah. least yeah the, and i just really like the i thought the opening was really cute because you're like just floating in this boat and and you drop your oar in the water so you end up floating past where you were supposed to go or and there's just there's a nice mystery to the game and it's 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 got a cute look to it so yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of what I was getting in a weird way. Um, yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want to spoil too much. I've been trying to avoid that. But yeah. Well. <laughs> I was. It was kind of hinting at some interesting stuff because right at that moment you see like two bodies moving, one running away, and 
Yeah, and they do some interesting things with coloration. So. Sounds cool. <laughs> Anyways, the last campfire, if you see it on sale or you don't mind spending $15 to see what Hello Games is doing now, they feel like they've made enough money from No Man's Sky that they can kind of branch out and do some independent projects. So that's cool. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, cool. Good stuff. Cool. Well, I guess we'll take a break and we'll come back with the polls and have some laughs. And we'll get out of here. See you in a bit. Ladies and gentlemen, this commercial is brought to you by Chomping After Dark, our brand new podcast where we deep dive on video games, talking about the story in full detail. That's right. But we don't just talk about games. We've also talked about many wonderful movies. We talk about things from AAA titles to indie darlings to movies that just plain made us laugh. Yes, we are still waiting for the cat's butthole cut. If you want to check it out, please head over to SwordChomp.com or any of the major podcast apps where you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like, dang, I just want to get this podcast two weeks early, head over to Patreon.com slash swordchomp where you can get access to chomping after dark two weeks early all right well it's been a bit so we're back we're back it's been a bit that's an actual length of time a bit a quibby if you will a bit is four minutes how long is a quibby seconds Hello, hello. I don't know. That was me Let doing me Sophie Turner. Oh, God. Sophie Turner. I shouldn't have said anything. Let's move yeah. on. <laughs> now Morgan's thinking about doing Sophie Turner. Uh, I wasn't. Now I definitely am. Um, Thank you, Josh. No, we got some fun polls to run through. If you're if you're new to Chomp, the Chompcast and Chomp Nation, every Tuesday we run some polls on the Sword Chomp Instagram, at Sword Chomp on Instagram. And just gives us some fun things to talk about. By the way, um, very sad news. We found out last week right after the show, I believe. Or maybe it was during the show. It was during. During, yeah. R.I.P. To a gentleman that I forgot the name of. Chadwick Boseman. Christ. Yes. Why bring it up if you don't know the man's name? I'm sorry. I, I legitimately just had a brain fart. Um, well, I, I just want to give, I know you guys might have stronger thoughts on that than I do. It's not, it just wasn't someone I was super familiar with. Um, so, but I know that it didn't come at a great time. You know, the, right now the black community is dealing with so much with all the, everything that's going on right now, in particular in America. And then one of their heroes passes, it just, it's salt. Depressing with the being killed and all. Yeah. Um, well, no, I mean, and the, the crazy thing about this, when I was doing some, ironically, I know more about the situation and I apparently couldn't remember the poor gentleman's name. Um, but uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, his he didn't really go out and announce that he had cancer. No, it was nobody a very knew. private thing. Uh, but yeah, no, phenomenal, like fucking tremendous talent. Um, mm-hmm. and, like he's one of those actors where it's kind of crazy actually, because he's been in so much recently. Everything he's been in, he's been phenomenal in. But at the same time, it felt like he was just getting started. Um, in terms of like being this big A list celebrity, so yeah, very, very yeah. sad. Yeah, just a variety of roles too. Just yeah, just able. To... A a lot of a lot of actors, you see them in anything, and you're like, oh, well, there's the celebrity that I 
he, he he's he's been able to just inhabit these roles so wonderfully that yeah it's it's been really just a joy to watch yeah, watch all his, these characters his, come to life if you're not familiar with like him as jackie robinson is fan fucking fantastic like he's hell of a hell of a performer yeah yeah and the ripple effect of this has been pretty huge so very very sad um and on the sort of getting off of a somber note I so one of the things is my wife made me watch this musical uh, a couple weeks ago, so it was my turn to get her make her watch a movie. Um, you guys ever heard of and, Hamilton? <laughs> no, I I liked Hamilton. No, it was this. It was called Five Years something, almost five years. I can pull it up. It was actually not a bad movie. Um, maybe it's called The Last Five Years. Uh, um, anyways, I'll find it. It had a. Uh, Anna Kendrick, I think, was the primary um, singer in there, and it was about a relationship that sort of disintegrated, and it was very sad. But uh, anyways, what we do is, like most most couples do, we sort of just trade, you know, okay, it's my turn to pick something, but I don't really want to pick something that tortures her, and she will not let me watch horror movies or half the stuff I want So she to. watched you play Yo-Noid for the SNES. <laughs> she... she wouldn't let me watch Hereditary or Midsommar. I have to watch all that stuff by myself. Um, so I we watched 1917, which is from one of my favorite directors, Sam Mendes, who did uh, American Beauty, Skyfall, a bunch of stuff. If you're not familiar with Sam Mendes' work, he's one of my favorite directors. Um, anyways, I was blown away. It's one of those movies that's taken in just a couple shots. You know, the single shot film is not a complete novelty anymore with like The Revenant and stuff like that. Um, but it's still steady cam really... operators are drunk with power. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Birdman, Birdman is a really good one. Yeah, I love Birdman. Uh, but anyways, 1917. If you haven't seen it, is the same kind of thing. But it just follows a couple soldiers, like two soldiers, on their journey to take news to stop a bunch of other um, attacking soldiers from basically getting. What's the ambushed. conflict? But a uh, World War One. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I did not know that before I started the movie, which is very sad. Oh, the name oh, of the no. movie is The Year It Happens In. How did you not know. know what war it was? Uh, that's why, My... for the record, that's why I was trying to trick you, because I thought I if I played it just right, I could get you to say, like, be like, The War of 1917? <laughs> My my war knowledge is really fuzzy. My, I'm going to be honest with you guys. My historical knowledge is incredibly fuzzy. It was one of those subjects in school that I just did not retain mm. for whatever. I was a history minor. Morgan, I I don't dislike mm. it. I just I didn't retain. Yeah. I was more. My, into the mine was fairly fuzzy and, until I fixed yeah. that myself. Since I got an awful lot of the whole. Since we got it was American about states' rights. Yeah. yeah, nonsense. States in rights my to have slaves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like sure, sure it was. No, no, they were they, they were telling you the truth, Josh. It was about states' rights, and right at the top of that list of rights was the rights to mm-hmm. own human beings. Yep. Well, the nice thing about whenever I watch this stuff with my wife, because she's actually an intelligent human being, is that she can enlighten me. <laughs> that must be really eye-opening for you. <laughs> she can enlighten me on historical conflicts and things like that. And, uh, yeah, it's nice. So, like, I get, like, the actual history lesson of things as they go down. That's cool. Um, which cool. does help, I guess, to enjoy it a little bit more. History's anyways, fascinating, dude. Like, you should open yourself up. It's learn a little something. 
I I'm not against it. I'm just it's so so late now. So <laughs> I really want to explain. And 1970. What war is that about? The War of 1812. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was still going on, right? <laughs> it started in 1812, but it was pretty long. Yeah. I prepare for these questions, Rich. I knew someone's going to try to trip me up. At least I have the uh, bravery to admit that I had no idea before I started. I always it, know you will, sad. which is why it's fun to have the conversation <laughs> because we can laugh, but then at least we can get the answer and move on. But I I did learn a lot, and there's some surprise cameo characters in that movie that I won't spoil if you haven't seen it. But I didn't I didn't Captain want to America, slam Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> there's two Game of Thrones actors in it, which I thought was really funny, and then um, Benedict Cumberbatch is in there. Uh, great cast, but for brief moments, like it's a cool movie because like you'll see a big actor in there for like three minutes, and you're like, what? <laughs> Not because they're dying, but just because that's just how they made the film. So. Anyways, um, I put it up against Dunkirk, and this is not to hate on Dunkirk. I want to be clear. I love Christopher Nolan. I watched Dunkirk after getting a lot of hype from Quentin Tarantino and a bunch of other people, and I got to tell you that I was not super into Dunkirk. What did Quentin Tarantino's weird face tell you about Dunkirk? (laughs) I couldn't pay attention because I just couldn't stop staring at his weird face. Um, But he did tell me to go watch it. It's it's fair. He's like, the movie's got so many feet in it. No, it didn't have enough feet. It didn't Not my for the Tarantino quota. meter. Didn't uh, register on the scale. Not a... <laughs> the feet scale. Yeah. <laughs> How many? Just a war movie with. Yeah, it was like a zero Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. He bases his a... scores for movie about how often you see bare feet. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of really good scenes in Dunkirk, but I think the issue for me was like I I'm pro telling stories out of order. I like when they do that, but I just found it. I love it when it's confusing. Also. Yeah. As somebody who's also an idiot, it was extra confusing for me. Love a movie with so, six framing uh, devices. <laughs> yeah, Christopher, no- I don't know. It just threw me off. Anyway, 70% of our audience said 1917, 30% said Dunkirk. Have you guys seen either of these? I have uh, seen Dunkirk. I have not seen 1917, though I have been meaning to for quite some time. I think if you clear your schedule, you will be impressed. Right, I'll, I'll try and take time before next week. Maybe we could talk about it a little bit. It was on sale for only $3 on Amazon Prime, which made me pretty happy. Is it still? I I have no idea. I mean, That was just a... Because I still need to watch back. Bill and Ted 3. <laughs> Priorities. Oh, Josh, you're going to love this. This is an emerging fetish one of my friends sent to me. Oh, God. Um, good friend, Tired Mom. She sent, uh, Joe, thank you, the emerging fetish of laying alien eggs inside yourself. This is real. Yourself. Okay? 70%. <laughs> 71% of our audience had not heard of it. Is that just like now, holding in a poop? The so a lot of people who just somehow, somehow had never heard of ice cubes until now. The ovipositor lays gel- gelatin eggs in the body cavity of your choice. Fans say the sensation of mushy extraterrestrial ovum slopping out of them is a real treat. So basically you lay these... I enjoy a good um, shit too. That's probably what, but you you basically it's a big fake alien wiener that shoots out. Um, now Morgan, before we move on, I assume you were trying to say gelatin. I 
I was gelatinous eggs. He, he, he gelatinous? was going to say gelatinous, and then he realized he probably wasn't going to stick the landing and gave up. Uh, I because well, I, I, I had to I make gelatin. a note of like, hmm. gelatin, who I assume is Jafar's brother, an enemy to Aladdin. <laughs> no, no, it's it's Jafar and Aladdin's love child from the fanfics. Don't you don't you keep up? But what happened was the ovipositor was such a weird word that it threw me off, mm. and then I lost all confidence. Um, because the ovipositor is not a a word you use, <laughs> but it threw you off enough to make you you stumble on gelatin. Yeah, but that just didn't sound right when I thought about the eggs and like gelatin eggs. That doesn't that doesn't compute in my brain, but I guess so. You don't you did you do you not remember those Jello Easter eggs that they they made for a few years back then, like in the nineties? Did you shove those up your? Did people shove those up? Their I'm sure too? they did, but do you, do you not for remember legal those reasons. Little I can't Jell-O tell you Easter that. egg molds. I don't. I don't remember mm. those, no. Anyways, that's a weird kind of interesting fetish where basically it's like an alien laying their egg inside of you. And, yeah, um, I just let wasps really do that. Like a popularized person. on Instagram by Ridley Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated by how people who are op- opening up how folks get their off. sexual fetishes. Yeah, I really am. And that one's a fascinating one, like... It really is. I mean, especially nowadays, like, I was thinking about this because I constantly see, like, people that have, like, Mass Effect hard-ons for, like, Garrus and stuff. They're, like, you know, ladies on my Instagram page who are just like, Garrus? And I'm just like, like, oh, are they imagining Garrus laying one of these eggs oh. inside of they, them? You can't. We went over this. Dr. Morden explained it to us. You can't ingest the fluids. Mm-hmm. You can't ingest what that's, No, that's my favorite line of dialogue from Mass Effect, uh... Two, if you it's from two or three. If you are a female protagonist and you go to romance Garrus, you can have an interaction with Morden where he realizes you're going upstairs to have sex with with a Garrus, and he warns you not to ingest any fluids because they'll be toxic to you, a carbon based life form. Uh-huh. Would taking his egg in your asshole be ingesting the fluid? Yes. Uh, a lot of people are gonna be sad about yeah. that. You know I still what? I think take that quote I, on like, Instagram. And also, just I don't think Garrus lays eggs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still I, think well, this is just overcomplicating the ice cube. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Well, that's the weird thing because yeah, like in most forms of of intercourse, even if there's an alien involved, they're not dropping an egg off. So this is a very specific fantasy about an alien that's literally dropping the egg off inside of you. Well, which as is we all know, Morgan, it's your dream to give birth to a Krogan brood. <laughs> So maybe one day. Hey, if I was gonna give birth to anyone, it'd be a Krogan. Clan so. Barnes. Uh-huh. Pro Krogan. Um, this is pretty pretty amazing. Uh, David Blaine, a very controversial um illusionist, if you will. Is he? But he's more than that. He's not an illusionist. Me and Shane no, have been controversial. About... Well, in controversial in that he's doing these stunts that are in the same way that, you know, Let's put it this way. Not all the uh, are the extreme stunts, if you will, but a lot of people would accuse him of, like, faking it. Like, oh, he had a body double. Well, yeah, magic isn't the... real. Well, this isn't necessarily... It's all no, fake. But, but, That's but, the like, point. His, his, his stuff recently has been not magic at all. It's been... Real. Let me... Watch me do this stupid thing, and maybe, if you're lucky, you'll get to see me die. Cool. I mean, it's, it's kind of... That sounds more his, interesting his, of anything. His yes. pitch is basically the same as NASCAR. At this point. So, he, so he's Johnny Knoxville? Mm-hmm. Of, of like, a very high caliber variety. 
Um, like NASCAR. I don't think giving Johnny Knoxville enough credit. He's, he's very classy. Like, you wouldn't see Johnny Knoxville pull something off like this. No offense to Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Um, but, like, like for example, with Ascension, his newest thing, he basically wanted that symbol of when you were a kid holding a balloon and you bl- dreamed that maybe those balloons would pull you into the sky. Um, and yeah, no, the, the best scene in, well, no, it's not the best scene in the Muppet movie. Are Top ten. Up, I'm like, that's dark. I've um, said it before on the show, I'll say it again, Scooter is the worst Muppet. He used 52 helium balloons to ascend more than four and a half miles above Arizona, the Arizona desert on Wednesday. Mm, that's still too okay? close to Arizona. That's the major problem there. <laughs> Wasn't he worried the balloons would melt? <laughs> and it looked it looked really beautiful, too. And yeah, a lot no, of the that, scary that makes things, sense, though. You've got to start low enough. From David Blaine seems like the type of guy. Altitude, that, like, I, that the, if, the helium will get you high enough above the actual ground. It's, he made the right call there. Just. He just did. He's doing the homework on that. Mm-hmm. Do you guys feel? I feel like David Blaine seems like the type of guy that if I were like at a mall and I was going up an escalator and I saw David Blaine going down it, I'd be like, "Oh fuck!" And just like, <laughs> like just hope he doesn't see no. me. I would be like, I would be all about talking to him, you know, meeting him, taking a selfie, all that annoying shit. Um, then he disappeared. He made the selfie he disappear. <laughs> 73% of the audience said he's insane. 27 said he's brave. I think there's this interesting part in his brain when he was telling his story on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, which I know is you guys' favorite. Podcast. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. I, ch- I checked it out on Shay's recommendation. It was a really good a really good episode. And he was talking about how when he was a kid, at a very, very young age, he was inspired by seeing Houdini, basically, what, like, hanging upside down, all chained up. And that seems like an unusual thing to click in your brain, to see Houdini and be inspired by that crazy ass shit. Um, well, Harry so Houdini was something... inspired by people. He literally stole his name from the man he was inspired by. I know, but it's just interesting to me because that's what makes David Blaine unique. He's there are very little, very few people in this world that would do what he does, uh, especially now with a family, you know, a wife and kids, uh, a wife and a daughter. And that's what's amazing to me is that that mixture of like bravery and as some people would say, insanity. His brain is just wired differently, and that's why I think he's such an interesting character. But I threw these in there for Shay because I know he followed Ascension, and he's been kind of interested in it lately. Shay, did, how did you feel about Ascension? It was awesome. I loved it. Man, a few words. It was. It really was cool. It means what he I, says. I, I cool. Was... Yeah, no, I think, I think a lot of people who are kind of shit-talking don't realize the amount of work that goes into an endurance stunt like that to be honest with you because like he spent two years training for that like he had to do over uh, he was supposed to do over a thousand skydive trips he got to about 600 he had to work on being able to survive in conditions like those atmospheric conditions he had to work on you know being cognizant of his abilities at that high of an altitude and dealing with the uh the temperature drop like because obviously it's super hot in the desert and then it drops to below freezing up there so he had to train for that he had to train uh to get multiple pilot or his his pilot's license and he had to get trained to be able to deal with helium and hydrogen gases in order to do the stunt it took him two years of active training and he had to assemble a team so i i think it's fucking amazing 
that like he had this dream ever since he was a child. He didn't give up on it. He trained for it. And then people still want to shit talk him for that. It's kind of funny to me because like those same people are shit talking or sitting on their computer chairs doing absolutely nothing with their lives. So it's just kind of funny to me because like that guy had a dream since a fucking he was a kid and he's retained that up into his 40s. He's still in good enough shape to do something like that. Just absolutely mind blowing stuff to me that he was able to do that. Um, he he had the drive and the dedication to do that. Mentally, very very strong. Did you know David Blaine held his breath for seventeen minutes and four seconds? Yeah, he broke the world record. I don't know, but let me tell you, that's in that's crazy. Seventeen minutes. He's I mean, just, he's a. It's it's cool. I mean, like if you want to oh, be, I, I disagree with that. I think he's crazy in a neat way. <laughs> I guess. Like, well, the, here's the thing, dude. Like, everybody has different different ideas for what living life is like. Some people want to live on the extreme, and that's what makes them feel alive. And they want to entertain other people. I mean, that episode that. Josh was talking about on the, or not Josh, sorry, uh, Morgan. Josh would never talk about this. Morgan was talking about the Joe Rogan podcast episode. It was the one that I suggested because um, about a year ago, I started getting all these David Blaine suggestions on YouTube. And I'm like, where the hell is this coming from? And I've always been kind of skeptical of the guy. You watch one video and then. Oh, yeah. I watched one video and I kind of went down a rabbit hole. And. Yeah, like, just learning about what he's done in the past, because I was very skeptical, has been really fascinating. Like, a lot of it has been endurance-based. Obviously, you have the card magic tricks, and you have the street magic and stuff, which is obviously all illusions and um, being able to talk and misdirect. But also, like, just the fact that he was doing all the endurance activities, like a lot of those that he did are just fascinating. And he's written, he's co-authored scientific papers on some of his endurance uh, feats, which is super awesome. Like he's actually contributed to science. So you look at that and you're like, well, well, that's fucking amazing. And at the end of the day, that episode that, that Morgan was talking about, like he said, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to entertain people and I'm trying to show people that they are capable of more than they believe they're capable of. And I think that's, you know, obviously part of it is for him and part of it is him being noble. He wants to you know, add to the conversation of science and human capabilities. I think it's the card tricks that make the rest of it seem so silly. Yeah, it's like it's it's the it's the career trajectory that. Yeah, just makes it weird. Makes you a little more skeptical. I will say this. Yeah, like because um, like a, a lot of the stuff like you're saying he's doing, was way way more involved than the card tricks. Not not to belittle and that's not card the stuff tricks, people talk about. But yeah, it's but yeah, it's like anyway. Well, if it's not watch, on a grand you, scale. If you watch that interview, he actually talks about that. He's like, you know, um, like Morgan is saying that he was inspired by Harry Houdini and. He started learning simple street magic, but then over time he started getting more interested in people who were doing these amazing feats. Like I can't remember the mm-hmm. gentleman's name and I apologize, but uh, the gentleman who died ingesting a bunch of um, basically uh, 
it was either gasoline or lighter fluid to do the human torch trick. He was uh, yeah. aptly, or aptly nicknamed the human torch. David Blaine was so inspired by that that he was like, I want to do that, but I want to do it safely and survive off of that. So he started integrating that. And then he started um, trying to figure, like, when he was trying to do some of these endurance feats, trying to figure out, like, what's the best way to do it? And he started looking at these other endurance artists who were doing things like starving themselves. Um, and then he got interested. He's like, how long can I survive without food? And I think like at the end of the day, it's not a question of why, because it's the human curiosity and it's, you have a hypothesis and you want to answer it. It's the same thing that drives scientists at the end of the day. And I think that, that, that for me, that's part of the reason why I've been so fascinated with, with him this past yeah. year. Um, and why like i understand what he's doing like you have this drive you have this scientific quandary that you want an answer to and what better way to get the answer than to do it yourself it's similar to um coyote peterson on the brave wilderness channel when he's been doing that pain index where he get lets all the insects sting him or he lets the insects bite him or he lets other things bite him it's because it's all in the pursuit of science and knowledge. There's no way we're going to know these things unless people go out and do them. I mean, it's the same thing with cooking throughout the years. It's the same thing with medicine throughout the years. It's the only way we fig figure things out. So when we see someone it's like David Bourne doing yeah. that, it's easy to be like, this guy's fucking crazy. But at the end of the day, well, to he's a degree, doing he is. it. Well, I'm, but no, maybe, it's well, important. Maybe crazy is not, maybe crazy's not the right word. I understand what you're saying, but maybe crazy is not the right word just less um inhibited mm. i i just i think i don't think i'm trying to i, I get what you're saying because crazy has like that bad connotation but i don't think in a long it time is. in my head like i met if i'm like that dude's fucking crazy i'm never like thinking of the negative connotation i'm just like that's insane you're yeah, nuts, just hyper but hyperbolic. good for you yeah <laughs> yeah I, will, I get that i will say this is this is the thing that blew my mind shay and i wanted to tell you guys all this because it this is the thing that like stuck me the most i think yes we'd all agree that if you had the ability to do the things he could do like you can hold a room like you should see those interview those videos on youtube where he's just in front of some celebrities like piercing his hand with an ice pick and they're just transfixed and those people are probably heroes to most of us and they are transfixed on david blaine for that 10 minutes you know their minds are blown as he shoves a giant ice pick through his hand or whatever it is right but I think the thing that struck me the most, and this is what he said on the thing, and it like actually touched me. It was like, whenever he's doing one of his stunts or one of his illusions, everyone, the playing field is leveled. We're all that eight-year-old kid again, smiling at a magic trick that, that got us. And no matter what's going on in our lives or the world, he did it in for like prisons and stuff. At that moment, everyone gathers around and we're all equally just like, Wow, and for a moment, all you can think about is that sort of wonderment. It brings everyone together for a brief, for a brief moment in time, and I think that's kind of what's what's kind of beautiful about it. And when he said that, I was like, you know, I could see that makes a lot you know, of sense. He, he said I mean, he felt that when he when did I lived in. A... Sorry, I thought you were done. The connection. I apologize. Um, oh, one. Yeah, I was just gonna say that he said he felt that when he did the magic at the prison because you had the prisoners who'd done these horrible things and the guards and all these people gathering around all very different in some cases all pe some horrific people there but at that moment they were all wide-eyed little kids transfixed by the illusion so yeah i you know i've lived in a few big cities now after coming out of montana uh, i lived in perth australia and i've lived in nagoya japan 
And what's fascinating to me to kind of speak to that point is that whenever street magic is happening, everybody stops no matter what. Like I remember when I was in Perth and I was, um, I was walking along this famous area and there was this guy doing magic and he had one of the biggest crowds I've seen, um, just on the street. And he's like, Oh, I can make four people levitate. I can do all this stuff. And people were absolutely enamored. Um, same thing has happened in Nagoya here in Japan. Like you see, a an illusionist or a magician and people stop. They, and I think it is for that reason that they want to be entertained and they want to feel that kind of childlike wonder. And I think at the end of the day, the, the fascinating thing about David Blaine, um, besides what I've already said is he's combined being a magician, being an illusionist and being a mentalist. Because there is a level of mentalism that goes into doing some of those feats as well. So, um, yeah, like how bored are you going to be trapped in ice for a week? Like, oh, that, that, mind, that's not what, that's I'm not about what a mentalist is. A mentalist well, is just shit like, stains. A mentalist is a show right. on NBC. <laughs> Anyways, it's interesting. Um, most of our audience thinks that he's insane, but not necessarily in a bad way. Could be like that dude's insane. Who knows? Fucking you know, crazy, great for bro. The YouTube era. YouTube. YouTube's great for David. This is the very last poll, and this was a patron pick poll, and I thought this was very sad and comical. I, I reached out to one of our patrons and longtime friends, the Cosmic Pop-Tart, um, Zach, and I said, hey, do you want to pick the poll this week? And he said, sure. I've been thinking a lot about this Atari console. And when he said that, my brain went, Atari console? I'm pretty sure I brought it up um, before on the show. I You probably have, but we don't really listen to things you say. Um, Are you confusing anyways. me with you? <laughs> Good one, Rich. That was a nice comeback. <laughs> um, anyways, he basically wanted to know who was interested in buying this Atari console. And I was like, yeah, I'll put that up there. I didn't even know it was a thing until I Googled it, but sure. 92% um, of our audience said they didn't even know it was a thing. But um, you booked but your yes, room in Atari the Atari hotel, right? Of course, of course. Um, still don't know what you're talking about, but that's Atari Hotel. Can you elaborate on that? Atari's opening a hotel <laughs> that is Atari themed, and we'll have one of those consoles in every room. Great. Um, yeah, I guess it's a, it's something it's supposed to release by the end of the year, even though there's not a hard date on it, but, uh, no one seemed to know or care about it. I'm very For sorry, For multiple times it was supposed to have been out already. Now they're saying by the end of the year. I still don't think that's going to happen. Uh, there is an Earthworm Jim sequel being made exclusively for that, so no one will ever play it. Um, oh, but I want to play an Earthworm Jim sequel. I don't, because the creator of Earthworm Jim is a Nazi. Um, well, okay. All right. Well, that's art from the artist, but I'm with you. Josh, ironically, is wearing an Atari shirt today, so we've come full circle. Mm -hmm. Look at what that. I want is an Atari speaker hat. Well, hmm. you know, Rich, I, I got to call you out on that if you're going to be negating the atari thing then you should probably be negating eating at wendy's considering the fact that um what was it i was either the owner or one of the the ceos donated money to the trump campaign oh really i didn't actually know that yes yes all right well you know fair enough <laughs> no it's okay i'm giving you shit like we can't all know everything at one given point in time but now he's mad you told him because no, he no really i think liked that was obvious from the bacon it was just a thing i passed on my way home from work and no. i don't really have strong feelings about wendy's one way or the other 
Well, good thing. Good news is you can make your own frosty at home, and there are recipes for it out there. Oh, I know how to do that, man. I know how to do that. <laughs> then you're okay. And anyways, it, yeah, th- that's gonna be the that's gonna be the headlines uh, next week as the podcast comes out. Morgan Barnes, a former employee at Wendy's, <laughs> a s- sympathizer to neo Nazism. Earthworm Jim sympathizer. <laughs> <laughs> Right? <laughs> Earthworm Jim has now become a symbol for, <laughs> for hate. Uh, I knew there was something funky about that little bastard. Um, That's a shame because I would love to play an Earthworm Jim sequel, and I really don't want to have to pl- buy some sort of weird Atari thing to do it. I can see so. the headline now. Morgan Barnes loves Earthworm Jim, comma, <laughs> is jerk. I like, I like that voice. It's a good newspaper article voice. Thank you. Um. Thank you, Cosmic Pop Tart, for that poll. And uh, you know, <laughs> you you were one of those eight percent of people who were thinking about it. So, God bless you, my friend. Um, it's been a fun show today. We're gonna get the fuck out of here. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to do and a lot of exciting content coming out. So, I want to thank Rich for being here from New York. Um, Josh for being here from Michigan. And <laughs> Josh said it's only four hundred dollars. <laughs> what a steal. Um, Shay, Professor, for being here from Japan. Of course, I am General Mountain. Morgan here, Montana. And we'll see you next week. And I'll 